Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. The Ford F-150 truck drives smart design forward. The standard 12-inch productivity screen helps you get what you need done too. And the available pro-access tailgate improves access to bed and cargo and utilization of the bed, including when towing a trailer. Together with a wider bumper step, it's easier to access the bed and load in tight spaces. An available Pro Power onboard serves as a mobile power source, providing up to 7.2 kilowatts of power to charge a bed full of electric dirt bikes or run an entire job site worth of tools. I'm still driving my 2016 F-150 truck and 90,000 miles in. As long as I keep it clean, it honestly still looks brand new. I've taken it down snow-covered forest service roads, taken it out camping, put a ton of miles on it on the freeway, had five adults in the cabin for long trips, and it's been great everywhere. Super dependable. I still love the way it looks, nice and rugged design, but with a super comfortable interior. And I'm still very happy with the quality sound system and heated seats. And since I bought my 2016 F-150 truck, the list of standard amenities that make a truck feel like a luxury vehicle have only grown. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. Nikola Tesla, a giant in the field of scientific invention. He created the first alternating current AC motor and was a pioneer in the field of wireless information transmission. He helped build the world's first large-scale hydroelectric power plant on Niagara Falls. He pushed scientific rival Thomas Edison into electrocuting pets to prove that his direct current technology was better and safer than Tesla's alternating current, AC versus DC. Tesla rose from rags to riches and then fell back to rags during his strange, turbulent life. He's the prototype for our modern mad scientist stereotype, a man obsessed with invention who only slept a few hours a night and devoted himself entirely to his work. He was both a genius who we have to thank for much of our modern technology and also a man who never had a single romantic relationship in his long life but did fall in love with a pigeon. For real. He was a rising scientific star who went from being broke in Europe to becoming a successful scientist in America to digging ditches to becoming a highly successful man again to getting kicked out of one New York hotel after another for not paying his bills to making a series of strange claims in his last years about stuff like having built a powerful death ray. Nikola Tesla was a brilliant weirdo and I like weirdos. So let's get weird. Let's get real weird and dig into the strange genius of Tesla today on Time Suck. You're listening to Time Suck. Happy Monday, Time Suckers. Hail Nimrod. Praiseable Jangles be gone, Lucifina. I don't trust you today. I'm Dan Cummins, a.k.a. the Master Sucker, and you are listening to Time Suck. You're inside the cult of the curious, and I hope it feels oh so right, you beautiful, wonderful meat sack. Has anyone told you that you're purdy today? Well, you are. You're super duper purdy. Recording in a Renaissance Inn in Oxford, California today. Um, I say Renaissance. That'd be more exciting. Uh, <laughs> residence Inn. Not as exciting. 
Not ideal, but I have, you know, uh, full confidence in the Reverend Dr. Joe Paisley's ability to sweeten the sound back in the Idaho Suck Dungeon. I'll be back in the Suck Dungeon this next week if Nimrod wills it. Uh, thanks to the Time Suckers who came out to Levity Live in Oxnard this past week. You know, we got work to do to build the Time Suck following in Oxnard. But the Time Sucks who are there, Time Suckers, diehards, and fantastic meat sacks. Keep spreading the suck. Thank you for the, the wonderful gifts. Trying to get better about posting your gifts on Instagram at Dan Cummins Comedy. You spoil me. Uh, thanks also for continuing to review the suck and spread it around the web. Appreciate it greatly. Uh, next to word of mouth, ratings and reviews spread the suck like nothing else. Uh, reviews on iTunes specifically keep the podcast on the iTunes charts, uh, which is the best way to kind of help get exposure and new listeners. Uh, also, since some of you have been asking, no, I will not have the vinyl record for maybe on the problem to sell at shows uh, here in the next month or so at least. You can only get it at the moment through Romanus Records. Happy to sign it if you do order it and bring it to a show. A link to these Wax Beauties, these custom limited edition pressings in the Romanus Records store in today's episode description. Uh, the Lizard Gold custom album and the one-off uh, Wonder Bundles already sold out. So thank you very much for picking up those uh, super limited editions. Uh, Tricolors, Black and Bruised, Positivity, Blue, Splatter, limited edition albums, moving fast. Uh, while I won't have the new album, I will have Lindsay with me in Portland, Oregon, this September 27th to 29th, back at Helium. Flatter's tour uh, stand-up shows continue. And a live Matamoros Narco-Satanist cult podcast on September 30th. Uh, Lindsay will be with me at the post-show meet-and-greet merch table each show. So come get some pics. Come say hi. Uh, back to SoCal, October 5th and 6th at the Rec Room in Huntington Beach. Uh, that room look, looks like an awesome place for a show. Uh, Lindsay will not be with me that week, but I'm, I'll be there. I'll be there entertaining the shit out of you. And then back to the Northwest at the Tacoma Comedy Club, October 11th through 13th. I believe Lindsay will be there, that one. Uh, and then another live Metamoros Narco Satanist Cult podcast on October 14th. And then those will be my only Seattle area shows uh, this year. Uh, the rest of the year's tour dates, uh, dancummins.tv, Columbus, Ohio, Buffalo, New York, Spokane, Washington, St. Louis, Missouri, Grand Rapids, Michigan, coming down the 2018 tour pipe. And now it's mad scientist time. It's Tesla time. It's time to light up this electric edition of Time Suck. Okay, first things first, uh, Tesla Motors has no direct link to Nikola Tesla. He didn't invent the electric car. Uh, he never started a car company. The name of modern-day mad scientist uh, Elon Musk car company is a uh, homage to Nikola Tesla, though. Uh, Elon had nothing to do with the name choice specifically. The Tesla founders Martin Eberhard and Mark uh, Tarpening came up with it, and Elon Musk was brought in to run Tesla shortly after those guys incorporated. Uh, Elon has actually pointed to Tesla rival Thomas Edison as being more of a personal hero to him than Tesla. Uh, still, on an old post on the automaker's website, the company did state that without Tesla's vision and brilliance, our car wouldn't be possible. We're confident that if he were alive today, uh, Nikola Tesla would look over our 100% electric car and nod his head with both understanding and approval. So clearly, they all hold him in high regard, as they should. Tesla filed for more than 700 patents for everything from wireless communication to fluorescent lighting in his lifetime. He lived a long, interesting, inspiring life. So let's stop dicking around. Let's just get into it with today's Time Suck Timeline. Strap on those boots, soldier. We're marching down a Time Suck Timeline. 
Nikola Tesla was born on July 10th, 1856 to Milutin and Duka Tesla, ethnic Serbians in the village of uh, Smij, uh, oh my gosh, Smijan, uh, Lika and the Austrian Empire, site of present-day Croatia. He was the fourth of five kids with three sisters, uh, Marika, Angelina, Milka, and older brother Dane. His father, Milutin, a uh, priest in the Eastern Orthodox Church, a.k.a. the Orthodox Catholic Church, a.k.a. the Greek Orthodox Church. And his mother, Duca, was an altar boy. Uh, kidding, kidding, uh, wrong Catholic Church. And I know most Catholic priests aren't into kids. Maybe. Uh, I'm not positive about that. I'm pretty sure some priests are not into kids. With the volume of scandals and, and well-documented practice of hiding predators, who knows how many Catholic priests do or do not want to molest kids today? Uh, I'm guessing slash hoping the overwhelming majority do not have any interest in doing that. Tough times for priests, man. Uh, if they were a stock right now, th- they would be trading at all-time lows. But that's not what we're talking about today. Tesla's dad is an Eastern Orthodox priest, and Tesla later described his mother as a very handy woman around the house who was known for her abilities to make tools and appliances as well as memorize great poems. Tesla would also later say in regards to his mother, My mother was an inventor of the first order and would, I believe, have achieved great things had she not been so remote from modern life and its multifold opportunities. Now, his dad was also known for excellent memory, ability to write well, and his eloquent sermons and speeches. Uh, Nicola also found him to have an exceptional wit. So clearly both parents, despite not being academics, possessed uh, exceptional intellectual abilities. Both of his parents also had the clear expectation that young Tesla would grow to work as a member of the clergy like his father, which unfortunately for them, Tesla had zero interest in. Uh, Tesla's birthplace, uh, Smija, there I'm saying it right, in the mountains of modern-day Lika, a rural region of present-day Croatia, uh, was a small village with a recorded population of 2,090 people in 1857. The population has been steadily declining since then with a total of 418 people in 2011. A lot like my hometown, Riggins. Almost the exact same current population. Man, it's like it's like we're the exact same person. Just two regular old geniuses. One invented a whole bunch of stuff that modern communications technology and, and so much more is based on. One can barely pronounce the words of a single language who often forgets what day of the week it is. But other than that, same. Uh, the area of Smeja uh, has been populated since the middle to late Bronze Age. It sits across the Adriatic Sea from the eastern coast of Italy. It's a quiet farming community surrounded by low wooded hills with large mountains in the distance. It's charming and quaint. Today, you can find Tesla's childhood home in his father's church, which was restored in 2006 after after the Croatian War of Independence that served as museums in the Tesla Memorial Complex. Okay, so, you know, I don't exactly have that in my hometown. No no museums. No one even uh, actually has a street named after me. Uh, I'm actually not even the most famous person from Riggins anymore. Uh, not after Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, they selected Riggins uh, Sam River High School graduate Leighton Vanderesh in the first round of this past year's draft. And then that son of a bitch said he maybe had heard of me in an ESPN interview. Damn it. So, you know, not quite museum level of respect from the from the tiny hometown. But other than that, we're kind of the same. You know, maybe maybe I'll just have to buy my own statue someday. Uh, maybe I'll buy a statue uh, of me. Uh, just, you know, soft cock stroking, just Chico Tilo style. The locals will then have to protest. What's the big deal? Why not you like statues? Why are you disgusted by Russian murder statue across the street from grade school? Why you sign petition? Not let the park be renamed uh, Chikatilo Wrestling Field. A strong Russian name. You know a lot of time, sir? You know understand dark joking of things. 
typical American, prefer football over subversive podcast thingy. Uh, in 1961, five-year-old Nikola attends school for the first time. He graduated college six weeks later. That's fucking crazy talk. No, he starts school and is viewed by his classmates as a huge weirdo because uh, he was. Uh, this, this is how Tesla would later describe himself in early grade school. He said, I had a violent aversion against the earrings of women, but other ornaments as bracelets please me, more or less according to design. The sight of a pearl would almost give me a fit, but I was fascinated with the glitter of crystals or objects with sharp edges and plain surfaces. I would not touch the hair of other people, except perhaps at the point of a revolver. I would get a fever by looking at a peach. And if a piece of camphor was anywhere in the house, it caused me the keenest discomfort. Even now, I am not insensible to some of these upsetting impulses. When I drop little squares of paper in a dish filled with liquid, I always sense a peculiar and awful taste in my mouth. I counted the steps in my walks and calculated the cubicle contents of soup plates, coffee cups, and pieces of food. Otherwise, my meal was unenjoyable. All repeated acts or operations I performed had to be divisible by three, and if I uh, must, I, I felt impelled, or if I missed, I felt impelled to do it all over again, even if it took hours. Up until the age of eight years, my character was weak and vacillating. I had neither the courage nor strength to form a firm resolve. My feelings came in waves and surges and vibrated unceasingly between extremes. Uh, my favorite line of that was, uh, he wouldn't touch anyone else's hair unless it was at the end of a revolver. At, at, at first, I took that. <laughs> at first, I took that to mean like he would be holding the revolver. Now, now I get it. There would be someone, uh, you know, holding a revolver with him. You know, like would like be forcing him with the gun to touch somebody else's hair. But at first, it was even funnier to me. Just stop standing so close to me. Back away at once! My God, your filthy hair almost touched me. I almost vomited at the thought of that. The only way I shall come into contact with your disgusting hair is if I press the cold steel barrel of a pistol against the side of your nasty head. Uh, also. Uh, if you think, man, you know, like the the way Tesla describes himself, it sounds like he may have had uh, Asperger's. Well, you might be correct. Nikola is strongly suspected by many to have had Asperger's syndrome. So what is Asperger's syndrome? Well, it's a very unique developmental disorder related to autism and characterized by higher than average intellectual ability coupled with impaired social skills and restrictive repetitive patterns of interest and activities. Uh, I'm sure we'll suck uh, autism someday, or at least uh, it'll pop up in an ancillary topic like, uh, you know, uh, or ancillary, excuse me, ancillary topic like anti-vaccinations, you know, the anti-vaxxer movement uh, that's led to, a, that will lead to a lengthy explanation of autism. Uh, if I recall correctly, actually, the Victorian of my graduating college class suffered from Asperger syndrome. I, I truly thought this guy, uh, Zeke, I believe his name was, I think, I thought he was mentally handicapped for several years. Uh, I didn't think he he was even a student at the school. Turns out he graduated with a double degree in English, engineering, I think it was civil engineering, straight A's in every single class. Nothing but A's the whole time he's in college. Uh, academic genius who, who seemed to struggle through a, a casual conversation. I, I just think it's fascinating how the mind can work. Fascinating how, how people who may not have the required skills to even stay alive, like in one generation. Like I think about like if Tesla would have been born, you know, a thousand years earlier. Uh, you know, his, his skills would have not helped him out really at all. Uh, but then can be one of the most important people alive in their generation. Timing really can be everything. Uh, Tesla was also an avid reader and read so much that his father became concerned about his vision. Uh, losing your sight because you read too much is an urban legend, by the way. That was one I thought might be true or probably was true until this week. 
According to the fine folks at preventblindness.org, although extensive or prolonged reading of fine print can cause eye strain, there is no evidence to suggest that it will damage or wear out your eyes. Uh, While Tesla's dad believed in this myth enough to uh, hide all sources of light, candles, lamps, etc., to prohibit Tesla's nighttime reading sessions. So naturally, Tesla, being the young, inventive genius he was, he just made his own candles, just kept reading away. Uh, Tesla claimed that prior to turning six, he'd already fallen in love with the process of creation. It would be the only real love of his long life. His first uh, moment of real inventive glory came when he wanted to catch frogs with other boys but had no hook, so he just made his own hook which was a, a considerably better hook than the other boys, and he was able to catch frogs better than they could. Uh, he also enjoyed taking apart clocks, made himself a pop gun, and more. And then in 1862, young Tesla dies and is buried in a local cemetery, and his family won't see him again until he comes back to life in 1865. Uh, he was able to invent himself back to life. Incredible. Just fucking truly incredible. Uh, in 1866, it was revealed that the 1862 stuff uh, I just said was actually made up in 2018. Uh, for real in 1862, six-year-old Tesla and his family moved to the nearby town of Gospis uh, in present-day Croatia, where his father continued uh, to work as a local priest, and Tesla continues his education through middle school. Uh, uh, yeah, ghost, oh, ghost pitch. Uh, these words... Uh, I, just thought, I, I missed a few pronunciation next to him, but ghost pitch, man, they're, uh, they're tricky, these uh, Serbian-Croatian words. Uh, it was a bit larger, had a 2011 population, uh, recorded at 12,745, and while no exact figure is given for its 1860s population, uh, it seems likely based on what other stuff I read, like yeah, that five ten thousand 10,000-person range. Rains a lot in ghost, uh, ghost pitch uh, most of the year. Snows a lot during most winters. Sounds fun. Sounds like a, sounds like a good place for a young inventor. Uh, to grow up because it sounds like some place was rarely fun to go outside. The area has been settled since the Stone Age. Uh, it's long been looked to as an area for avid outdoor recreation, hunting, fishing, hiking, that kind of stuff. Rest near the Leka River where Tesla would have a, a near-death encounter. He claimed that a vision ran through him just as he was near drowning from exhaustion in the river and then he could clearly see how to maneuver himself to alleviate the force of the water and provide the necessary reprieve from his struggle. So, you know, early sign of genius. He had this like weird, just very clear vision of like, oh, I need to do this and then this and then this to not drown. And it worked. Uh, 1883, when Nikola was only seven, uh, one of those life-defining moments would occur. He would witness his older brother, Dane, die. Tesla's older brother, Dane, died by falling off a family horse. And some accounts indicate that Tesla may have inadvertently contributed to his death by spooking this horse. One account says that Tesla caused the horse to spook when he uppercutted it in the dick and then grabbed onto its balls with both hands and just yelled, yow, yow, get up, son of a bitch, yow, yow, yow. Most historians place uh, uh, a lot of doubt on that account uh, because it was made up by me and I wasn't there or uh, alive even to see any of that. Well, whether he accidentally contributed to Dane's death or not, what's known for sure is that Tesla adored and looked up to his older brother. And after his death, he felt, though, uh, uh, that he could never live up to the potential of his brother's talent. Or perhaps his brother's death actually helped contribute to his relentless pursuit of technological invention later in life. Tesla would uh, say of his brother years later, I had a brother who was gifted to an extraordinary degree, one of those rare phenomena of mentality which biological investigation has failed to explain. His premature death left my parents dis- uh, you know, un- uh, inconsolable. And also, he says, I witnessed the tragic scene And although 56 years have elapsed since, my visual impression of it has lost none of its force. The recollection of its attainments 
or uh, the recollection of his attainments made every effort of mine seem dull in comparison. Anything I did that was creditable merely caused my parents to feel their loss more keenly. So I grew up with little confidence in myself. That's pretty incredible that, you know, all the acclaim that, that, that Tesla would get throughout his life for just being like a, a very, very, very intelligent person. He still thinks years later that his older brother, Dane, was more intelligent than he was. Crazy if that is true. Uh, in 1870, 14-year-old Tesla moved to the roughly 50,000-person Croatian city of uh, Karlovac on the Austro-Hungarian military frontier at the time to continue his schooling at the, at the higher real gymnasium. And no, he didn't go to school in the gym. You know, he wasn't just studying dodgeball and badminton. Uh, in Germany, some schools were and are called gymnasiums. Uh, classes were taught in German, and Tesla became enchanted with physics while there. He lived with one of his aunts and her husband, uh, a retired military colonel. Also claimed that he spent the entire time in a torturous level of near starvation due to his aunt's insistence that he only eat a little bit due to his delicate constitution. Sounds delightful. Aside from the constant level of borderline starvation, he found uh, his time there to be pleasant. He found his uh, aunt and uncle to be kind, refined, and generous. That's a weird description. Oh, they were great. They were kind. They were, they were generous. Uh, always trying to starve me was the one kind of, uh, one thing I didn't love was the always, always just kind of being almost starved. Other than that, though, I mean, very refined and kind and generous. Uh, he used every spare moment to learn and move ahead at an accelerated pace, uh, graduating in three years instead of the standard four. It was also during this time that he became enamored with the study of electricity, the area of innovation he would arguably contribute the most to. Uh, in 1873, 17-year-old recent grad Tesla would nearly die after catching a bit of cholera, the old cholera, after returning to Smeja. Ah, damn dirty water. You know, as soon as he's done with school, what a what a graduation gift that is. You get a little cholera in your system. He'd be bedridden for nine months in a desperate attempt to help alleviate some of the pain of Tesla's suffering. His father promised his son that he would be sent to the best technical school in the world to study engineering if he could only recover. So Tesla was the, the rare person to get something good out of catching a cholera. If you don't recall from the Donner Party sucker, didn't catch that one. Cholera is disease spread by bacteria and contaminated water. It's a dirty water disease, and it can be fatal in mere hours if untreated. Cholera's symptoms, as quoted from the Mayo Clinic's website, are diarrhea. Uh, diarrhea is a big one. Cholera-related diarrhea comes on suddenly and may quickly cause dangerous fluid loss. As much as a quart, about one liter an hour, diarrhea due to cholera often has a pale, milky appearance that resembles water in which rice has been rinsed. So that's pretty gross. Then there's the nausea and vomiting, which often occur at the same time as diarrhea for extra fun. Vomiting may persist for hours at a time and sufferers occasionally vomit blood from vomiting with enough force to tear the lining of their esophagus. Whew. Uh, and that's where the blood comes from. It's just, yeah, they're tearing up their esophagus. Dehydration can develop within hours after the onset of cholera symptoms. Depending on how much body fluids have been lost, dehydration can range from mild to severe. Loss of 10% or more of total body weight indicates severe dehydration. And then, you know, other symptoms, you know, uh, is uh, irritability. Yeah, I bet. I bet you're irritable if you're puking and shitting your guts out. Uh, lethargy, sunken eyes, dry mouth, extreme thirst, dry, shriveled skin, slow to bounce back when pinched into a fold, little or, little or no urine output, low blood pressure, and an irregular heartbeat. Uh, an altered state of consciousness, seizure, coma, death, I'm guessing crying a lot of tears is a symptom of cholera. Uh, I'm guessing begging God to not die is a common symptom. Uh, I'm also guessing, guessing that begging God to just to go ahead and kill you, just get it over with, is probably another symptom. And all of those symptoms can be alleviated by today's first sponsor. Time Suck is brought to you today by McGill's Pop Prevention Suppositories. The minds at McGill's Pop have created an effervescent suppository you insert into your rectum 
to keep from dying from cholera. And equally important, to keep from dying in the most cholera of ways from literally blowing off your butthole. Don't wait to hear that fateful pop. Don't shoot someone's innocent face eye out with your angry brown eye. Shove some McGill's up into your tummy's exit ramp. And when you feel that bubbling, you know it's working. The suppository dissolves and then rehardens to form a colon dam that keeps liquid from continuing to be violently ejected out of your anal paper shredder. Then it releases enzymes that migrate over into your stomach, calm it down, and then hardens again to form a second blockade, keeping liquid from being vomited out of your neck entrance ramp. And then it releases another enzyme that makes you think about staring into a gentle pony's sweet hazel eyes. Because that's maybe the most soothing thing you can possibly do for yourself. Just look at that pony. Look at the pony. Look at his eyes. It's all going to be okay. Look, pony says so. Pony's nodding. So go to McGill's Pop dot protect your butthole and enter the promo code. Don't blow it off. And of course, that is not today's sponsor. That is a callback to a joke in the Donner Party. If you're thoroughly confused right now, Time Suck is actually brought to you by Hims. Some things get better with age, like wine or a nice single malt scotch. Unfortunately, that's not the case when it comes to your skin and your face. Just damn it. Why face? Why can't you be more like scotch? Luckily, there is something you can do to fight the effects of aging and try not to look like an old raisin that somebody stepped on and then got stuck on the bottom of their shoe and then walked across the desert with that shoe. Forhims.com is a one-stop shop for skincare, hair loss, sexual wellness for men. Hims Anti-Aging Kit is a custom prescription cream tailored to you that can keep your skin looking youthfully smooth by reducing the appearance of wrinkles and fine lines. The secret is Trinatoin. Oh, that's a tough word. Trey, Treta, Tretanoin, Tretanoin. Okay, that works to renew and restore skin by increasing collagen. Hims connects you with doctors online who will evaluate your skin needs and can prescribe uh, you a custom anti-aging treatment. No more awkward in-person doctor's office visits. Products are shipped directly to your door. Sweet. When I'm not an idiot and I remember to use my man lotion, I notice less fine lines, more consistent skin tone, and less feelings of, uh, seriously? That is my face. That's my face. When I look in the mirror, it makes me feel good about my face. So get some. It's your skin. Do you want to be a face in the crowd or do you want to be the face in the crowd? Order now and save $20 off your first month of Hims Anti-Aging Kit. Lock in those handsome looks now. Get your first month of anti-aging for $20 off. Go to 4 slash Dan S-C. D-A-N-S-C. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash Dan's C. 4 slash Dan C. Uh, link in the episode description to make it easy. Direct link to the discount uh, with the Hymn Sponsor button in the Times like app and website. Okay. So now back to Tesla having a shitty cholera-filled life in 1873. His big accomplishment that year was not dying from cholera. In 1874, according to some sources, 18-year-old Tesla had south to the small Serbian village of Timangash, a tiny village of less than 50 people today, I'm not sure if I pronounced that one correct because there was no pronunciation for it because no one in the world gives a shit about that village right now. It's what? It's maybe 50 people, tops, living out in the fucking woods. That's where he went to avoid being conscripted in the Austro-Hungarian military. According to Tesla's autobiography, he didn't move to avoid joining the army. He was just uh, too weak, still recovering from cholera, which sounds like, you know, uh, uh, probable. Uh, his father insisted that he spend a year regaining his health through physical activity and the natural setting of the mountains. Either way, he did spend about a year's time hiking and reading, reflecting and planning. Uh, Mark Twain, who later went on to become a friend of his, was one of his favorite authors. 
The following year, in 1875, 19-year-old Tesla moved to the small, several hundred thousand person city of Graz, Austria, and began attending Austrian Polytechnic on scholarship. Uh, Founded in 1811, the school still operates today and is known as the Graz University of Technology. Uh, Tesla's drive and borderline obsessive desire to learn and impress his parents led him to complete nine exams, nearly double the requirement, start an ethnic Serb club on campus, and earn the highest marks in the school while never missing a single class in his first year. He crushed his first year. Uh, He also started his work at 3 a.m. each morning and continued working until 11 p.m. each night, seven days a week, even on holidays. And now we've reached the point in the autobiography of a, of a great notable uh, historical figure where I feel like a weak, whiny, why do I even bother trying piece of shit. Like I pride myself on hard work, but good God. Four hours of sleep a night. Every night? No. Uh, after about three nights like that in a row, I start feeling highly mentally unstable. After a week, I feel very fragile. Emotionally, I start worrying about dying a lot. After a few weeks, uh, I start getting nosebleeds and I start thinking that death sounds fantastic. Six hours a night I can do for a while, but even that doesn't feel healthy. Eight. Eight hours of sleep for a few nights in a row, and I feel like a borderline superhero. Uh, Tesla was a machine, and, and he would actually get, as we'll find out, even later sleep less in his, like later on in his life, or even less sleep later on in his life. Sorry, I had to like uh, try and look, uh, listen for a second there. Uh, I apologize if, if there's any sound difference in the room right now. I've turned off, uh, my wife and I were talking about this, Lindsay. Uh, there's this weird thing that I don't know if it's broken with the air conditioner, but you can turn it off, all the settings off and it turns off for a little while. And then just like a little bit later, it's like, you know what? We're going to be on again now. Uh, so that's fun, but you probably can't hear it. Yeah. I, I, I bet Joe's fixing it out. So I'll just, anyway, I'll shut up about it. As impressed as I am, uh, with Tesla's, you know, work ethic, his father at the time did not seem to be impressed. He returns home from that first year of school where he just dominated. He's now a recognized scholar, and his dad made dismissive comments about the feet crushing Tesla. Dad just didn't seem to care. However, years later, after his father died, Tesla found letters from his professors that expressed great concern over Tesla's obsessive nature. Uh, they had written out of worry for Tesla's health and had advised his father to remove him from the institution before he literally worked himself to death. So it's possible that Tesla's dad just didn't want to encourage his son to work himself to death. Uh, you know, also possible his father was a dickhead, possibly, but um, but probably the, the thing just of concern. I mean, that's crazy when you're like the valedictorian, you're crushing school, but then you're, the professor's like, I don't think he should come back. Like, we, we think that he's probably going to die if he comes back. The dude just will not go to sleep. Like, we're, we're encouraging him to study less. He's the only student in the history of the school where we're like, man, just fucking take it easy. Have a drink every now and again. Relax. Uh, when Tesla returned to school the following year in 1876, he was disheartened by his father's lack of apparent pride or even approval in his accomplishments, and he started gambling a lot. Not taking school seriously this year. Uh, playing mostly uh, card games, uh, also some billiards games he'd bet on, and he ends up losing his scholarship. Just damn it. Even geniuses can't consistently win at gambling. Uh, very depressing observation for any would-be gamblers. Uh, during his second year of Polytechnic, he also begins to question his professors. He's outgrowing their genius, and they're not intelligent enough to appreciate his. So it's becoming less and less of a good fit. In 1877, things get even uh, worse for Tesla. His third year, he sinks into uh, failure even further, continues to gamble, uh, continues to lose, and actually loses the money he needed for tuition uh, and the money he needed to live on. Luckily, he was uh, later able to recoup the loss through even more gambling and repay the debt to his family. So, you know, gambling does work. Yay, gambling. 
But all of his distractions with gambling led him to being uh, completely unprepared for his examinations, and he was denied an extension to take them, and he got no credit for the for the courses. So, boo, bad gambling. Uh, Tesla would later credit his mother for helping him finally kick his gambling habit. He'd write, One afternoon, I remember when I had lost all my money and was craving for a game, she came to me with a roll of bills and said, Go and enjoy yourself. The sooner you lose all we possess, the better it will be. I know that you will get over it. She, she was right. I conquered my passion then and there and only regretted that it had not been a hundred times as strong. I not only vanquished, but tore it from my heart so as not to leave even a trace of desire. Oh man, mom guilt. One of the most powerful tools of persuasion in the universe. Nothing, nothing like your mom confronting you with uh, not anger, but just utter disappointment in who you've become as a human being. Uh, to make you really think about turning your shit around. After my mom confronted me when I was accused of stealing stuff from the grocery store I worked at in high school, uh, which I denied doing, even though I did do it, uh, she looked at me and she just said, I know you couldn't have done something like that. But she looked at me in a sad way, in a way that like, I knew that she knew that I did do it. I just saw the disgust and just utter disappointment. Like I failed as a parent. That look in her face, never stole anything again. Uh, other than some street signs at college, but that didn't feel like stealing, even though I, I got, you know, charged with city theft. That was more anarchy. I, I filed that under anarchy. Uh, I filed that under crazy pranks. Anyway, uh, Tesla stopped gambling. However, he didn't recover at school. Instead of returning and taking his exit exams in 1878, he ditches town and hides from his family. Yeah, he was ashamed of himself. And in December of 1878, he cuts communication with everyone he knows, uh, moves to uh, Maribor, currently the second largest city in Slovenia, and around 100,000, where he worked as a draftsman. Yeah, he just shamed himself. He's uh, so ashamed he didn't even mention this little period uh, years, many years later in his autobiography. In March of 1879, Tesla's father finds him in Maribor, pleads with him to come home. Sadly, Tesla refuses, ends up suffering a nervous breakdown, only to be sent home a few days later when he's unable to present proper residency documentation to local authorities and is essentially deported. Uh, he moves back home uh, to Ghost Pitch. Well, the following month, April 17th, Tesla's father dies. He was 60 years old and his health failed in the face of an unknown illness, possible stroke, curious timing, makes you wonder if the stress of Nikola hiding from his family led, uh, you know, to him having like a stroke possibly. You know, he's kind of killed two family members now. Who, who knew this would secretly be a true crime serial killer podcast episode? Hey, Lucifina, Tesla was a murderer. A murderer. Uh, 23-year-old Tesla remains in a, a ghost pitch for the rest of the year, teaches at his old school. And in January of 1880, two of Tesla's uncles pool their funds together and pay for him to go to Prague to continue his education. Unfortunately, he misses the enrollment deadline and is unable to do so. And then both uncles fall into financial ruin and take their own lives. Murderer. Tesla is a Murderer. No, his uncles do no such thing. Uh, they're both terribly disappointed in him. Uh, I'm sure there were numerous talks about not living up to his potential. You know, maybe a lecture about like, uh, do you want to kill your mother too? Is that what you want? Do you want her to also die of embarrassment? Is that what you want, you murderer? Uh, no, in addition to missing the enrollment deadline, T Tesla also lacked some prerequisites for enrollment. Uh, he wasn't literate in Czech or Greek as was required. He ended up sitting in on some uh, philosophy classes, but never received credit for any of the courses taken. And then in 1881, Tesla moves to Budapest, Hungary, 
Uh, he gets a job at the Budapest Telephone Exchange. Now, phones were brand spanking new at this time. Alexander Graham Bell had uh, only made the world's first telephone call five years earlier in 1876 in Boston, Massachusetts, and the system itself was not operational yet uh, upon his arrival. So he was put to work at Central Telegraph Office as a draftsman. Uh, within a matter of months, he was promoted to chief electrician. So, hey, things are looking up. He's chief electrician now. He's on his way, right? Wrong. Now he'd have a nervous breakdown. In his autobiography, uh, Bell recounts, uh, um, uh, not excuse me, Bell, uh, uh, Tesla recounts having a, a complete breakdown of nerves at this time. His sight and hearing were amplified to excruciating levels. He claimed to suffer so much from his hearing uh, that he could hear the ticking of a watch three rooms away and flies land on tables with a thud. The sound of distant trains were unbearably painful. He claimed that in the dark, his senses were reminiscent of a bat. He could sense objects 12 feet away. What the fuck? With a peculiar, creepy sensation uh, in his forehead. And he said his heartbeat vacillated wildly, became twitchy, and physicians seemed unable to help him. Luckily, uh, over the course of the year, these symptoms faded, and he was able to regain his health. Yeah, he's, uh, this, is, this is something he would kind of, you know, he'd push himself too hard and then have, you know, little breakdowns, kind of, a, a, kind of one of his things. In 1882, Tesla moves to Paris and opens up a bagel shop. The end. Thanks for listening, everybody. It was a hell of an episode today. This is the best. The best. Uh, no, he goes to work for the Continental Edison Company and begins working for his future nemesis. Uh, he worked on a project involving installing incandescent lights in buildings around the city. This was a completely new process, and he quickly became an expert in electrical engineering. And then he suffered another nervous breakdown, a little one, and then he was back. Uh, he pushed himself to the brink of sanity, once again collapses, then back. And again, you know, this is that's his style, man, all or nothing. Uh, by the way, the now 26-year-old uh, has yet to go on a single date. Not one, not one romantic encounter. A few scholars think Tesla was a closeted homosexual. Most things the dude just didn't have an interest in sex. Uh, at least not an interest that was stronger than his obsessive interest in technological innovation. Just no time for boobs. Be gone, Lucifina. I got an equation boner I got to satisfy. I got to rub one out to these numbers. Mmm, sexy numbers. Math and wires and sparks and thingamajiggers feel so good. Want to rub some of these gizmos and gadgets on my ding-dong. That was probably what uh, some people would refer to as a bit much. Also in 1882, Tesla was uh, uh, out at a park one day with a friend, and while he was reciting Faust, as nerds sometimes do, he was struck with the idea of how to solve uh, a problem creating and utilizing an uh, alternating current, AC power. Uh, after a few years of working, uh, and this is, you know, this is going to be like his thing that he focused on for most of his life. After a few years of working for the French branch of Edison's company, one of Tesla's supervisors, Charles Batzler, gets sent overseas to the U.S. to run Edison Machine Works in New York City in 1884, and he recommends that Tesla be brought along with him. His recommendation is accepted, and on June 6, 1884, Tesla arrives in New York City and begins working for the company on Manhattan's Lower East Side. And then in July... Tesla has another 19 nervous breakdowns. Uh, he does not. I just keep, I keep expecting him to have more. He does have a very stressful trip to the U.S. Trip is a nightmare. Uh, he had his ticket, luggage, and money stolen while trying to get to the ship. Then, uh, then while, after he finally gets aboard, uh, a mutiny breaks out during the trip, nearly resulting in Tesla being thrown overboard. <laughs> uh, when he finally makes it to the U.S., he, he literally has four cents left in his pocket. He also has a few poems and a handful of other belongings. And thank God he also had a job waiting for him. Uh, think for a second about how much better travel has gotten in the past few centuries. I know we've talked about this before, but he, you know, he almost got thrown off a fucking ship during a mutiny. I haven't heard of a single mutiny happening on a passenger ship in the world in my lifetime. It's just like, like laughable. 
Like, uh, can you imagine some Carnival Cruise? Uh, 74 people died on a Carnival Cruise uh, ship in uh, the Caribbean uh, this afternoon when there was a mutiny aboard. That's insanity. Um, think about the voyages I talked to in the, about in the immigration suck. Like, people dying on the, on the boat left and right in the 19th century. Not really that long ago. Uh, man, travel a lot better. Like, I've flown hundreds of times at this point. Literally several hundred flights, easy. Not one death that I know of. Not, not one medical emergency serious enough to... To even have the plane land in an airport it wasn't originally intended for. Seems like every trip during Tesla's time and before was just filled with death and despair. So, you know, a little little uh, bright spot to take away from this episode. As annoying as life can be sometimes, way better now. Way better. Uh, Tesla was initially unimpressed with New York and America. He'd write, What I had left was beautiful, artistic, and fascinating in every way. What I saw here was machined, rough, and unattractive. Uh, Tesla was impressed by Edison, he found him to be a wonderful man, and he respected how much he'd accomplished despite not having any early advantages or any scientific training. Uh, his opinion of Edison would soon change. Quick few words on Thomas Edison. Thomas Alva Edison was an American inventor and businessman born on February 11, 1847, just nine years before Tesla, in the little 1,000-person town of Milan, Ohio, just under 60 miles west of Cleveland. His mother taught Edison at home, so mm, homeschooler, oh boy. Uh, much of his education came from reading R.G. Parker's School of Natural Philosophy and the Cooper Union for the Advancement of Science and Art. Edison also developed hearing problems at an early age, you know, another disadvantage. The cause of his deafness has been attributed to a bout of scarlet fever during childhood and recurring uh, untreated middle ear infection. He wasn't completely deaf, just had, you know, some hearing loss. He later sold candy and newspapers on trains running from Point uh, or Port, excuse me, Huron, Michigan to Detroit, sold vegetables to supplement his income as a young man. He studied qualitative analysis and conducted chemical experiments on the train like a young genius does. Uh, later, Edison obtained the exclusive rights to sell newspapers on the road, the first venture in Edison's long streak of entrepreneurial uh, success. He'd found 14 companies over the course of his life, including General Electric, which is still one of the largest publicly traded companies in the entire world. He was one of history's premier inventors, developing many devices that greatly influenced life around the world, including the phonograph, the motion picture camera, the water balloon, and the long-lasting practical electric light bulb. Dubbed the Wizard of Menlo Park, he was one of the first inventors to apply the principles of mass production and large-scale teamwork to the process of invention. And because of that, he is often credited with the creation of the first industrial research laboratory. Man. Uh, oh, and he also did not invent the water balloon. Uh, that was nonsense. Funny if he did, though. Funny, funny if he did and uh, if it was also considered one of his finest inventions. We award the Nobel Prize to none other than Thomas Edison for his pioneering work with water balloons. Joy brought to the lives of millions of children. Cold, wet anguish also brought to the lives of millions of children. And, of course, the occasional eye injury. Uh, Edison and Tesla would soon become intense rivals. But you know what? It's not, uh, it's not uh, uh, Edison suck. So fuck Edison right now. Back, back to Tesla. While working for Edison, Tesla was tasked with repairing malfunctioning lighting aboard the uh, SS Oregon, uh, a record-breaking British passenger liner that was the fastest ship to cross the Atlantic in 1884. The Oregon was uh, delayed in its sailing due to this lighting issue. Edison was irritated by it. It was, it was a difficult task due to the way the system had originally been installed. He was having trouble figuring out how to fix it. And then Tesla shows up and fixes it in less than 24 hours. Works around the clock. He goes in for work one morning, stays until the following uh, kind of early morning, and then has the problem fixed and walks home. While walking home, Tesla encounters Edison by chance as uh, Edison and others are heading home from a night of drinking. Edison makes a comment about Tesla being out all night as well, a reference to partying or you know, whatever. 
Uh, Tesla corrects him and explains that, no, he just stayed up and fixed that problem with the SS Oregon. All good now. Edison didn't say anything, just just kept on walking with his friends. But Tesla apparently overheard him in a short distance away say that Tesla was a damn good man. And then Tesla and Edison continued to work well together for about six months before Tesla abruptly quit uh, over essentially what amounted to a bad joke. Shortly after fixing the SS Oregon, uh, Edison told Tesla he'd pay him $50,000 for an improved design for some DC dynamos. Uh, his direct current electric generators. Well, these dynamos were the first instruments used as electrical power suppliers. After months of long nights and experimentation, Tesla presented Edison a solution to his dynamo problem. And when Edison liked it, he asked for his $50,000. And then Edison allegedly said, Tesla, you just don't understand our American humor. You know, the whole like, no, I was, I was kidding about that. And then Tesla got super pissed and quit. Now, I'm sure there's a bit more to the story than this, but but that's the gist. I bet Edison was not joking as much as he just probably didn't think that Tesla could actually fix it. You know, so he just threw out some crazy talk of like, oh, sure, yeah, if you can fix that, I'll fucking whatever, give $50,000. And then he actually fixed it, and he's like, oh, shit. Uh, pretty ballsy for Tesla to walk out over that, considering he'd only shown up uh, less than a year earlier in a country where he had zero relatives, didn't know anybody, except for that one business connection, and he had four cents in his pocket. Also, Tesla had tried to convince Edison to switch from using direct current DC to alternating current AC power while working for him, but Edison was not interested. Uh, this disagreement over which type of current to use would define a long-standing future rivalry between the two. Uh, early the following year in March of 1885, the 28-year-old Tesla would launch his own company. It was called the Thomas Edison Can Lick My Serbian Ass Incorporation. Uh, no, it was called the Tesla Electric Light and Manufacturing Company. Tesla tried to patent an AC, a.k.a. alternating current, arc lighting system through uh, Lemuel L. Uh, w. Serrell, uh, Edison's patent lawyer, and he went on to set up a meeting with Robert Lane and Benjamin Vail, who were convinced to fund Tesla's endeavors. Uh, this is how Tesla Electric Light and Manufacturing was born. Tesla works on this arc lighting system and also earns his first patent in the U.S. for an improved DC generator, which drew praise from fellow innovators. Unfortunately, despite this praise, Tesla couldn't rally financial support behind his alternating current proposals, and he struggled to gather investors. And he ends up sell selling patents to the company itself in exchange for stock in anticipation of great success, but that success doesn't come. Instead, his investors pull the plug, the business is deemed too competitive for them, and they move in another direction. And now, less than a year after leaving Edison's company, Tesla's broke and doesn't even own the patents for his own inventions. So Tesla spends the better part of 1885 and 1886 working odd electrical jobs and digging ditches for $2 a day. He would describe this time uh, of his life uh, with the phrase bitter tears. Holy shit. Can you, can you imagine that type of quick fall? Like you work in Paris for a few years, working your way up. You're becoming a rising star, doing a good enough job at your company that you're brought over to New York City to their headquarters where you're immediately, uh, you know, you impress the founder of the company. Then you quickly become a top researcher Feels like a like a you know like definite financial success lays in your immediate future, and then over a miscommunication regarding essentially a bonus, you, you walk away, launch your own company, line up potential investors. You're feeling like a million bucks, right? It looks like it's the right move to leave. Success is right around the corner. You know, just this will teach you, Mister Edison. Ha! Get ready to place your lips on my derriere, Thomas. I'm going to bury you, Mister Edison. I'm going to fucking bury you. We will find out how much you enjoy my Serbian humor. And then a few months later, you're flat broke. No lucrative job prospects, and you're literally digging a ditch to put food in your stomach. Just shoveling, digging that ditch, thinking about Thomas Edison still out there kicking ass, you know? Just damn you, Mr. Edison. Damn you. I bet you expect me to beg for my old job back, huh? Take it back at half pay, huh? Ha! 
<laughs> oh, God. oh, God, these these blisters are killing me. Uh, I wonder if he would give me my job back. Oh, God, please, please, Thomas, please, please give me my job back. I'm fragile. You know that I'm fragile. I have a delicate spine. I had cholera at that time. I, I have a delicate mind. I'll, I'll die in this ditch, Thomas. Please, I'll die in this ditch. Uh, in 1886, while he doesn't get a, a, either a, a good new job or his old job back, he does meet Alfred S. Brown, a Western Union superintendent, and he also meets New York attorney Charles F. Peck. And these business partners are intrigued by Tesla's ideas, enough to offer him financial backing and help in the handling of his, of his patents the following year. So in April 9, 1887... These three men, they formed Tesla Electric Company. They split profits equally amongst themselves with a third uh, going to each man, and they build a, a laboratory, a laboratory for Tesla at 89 Liberty Street in Manhattan. So, huh? So coming back around. I'm back, Mr. Edison. I'm back. The next time I touch a shovel will be to bury your cold, lifeless body. I murdered my brother and my father, and in time I so shall murder you, for I am a murderer. Uh, Tesla's alternating current induction motor starts to take off in both Europe and the U.S. in, 80, in 1887. Uh, serves long-distance high-voltage needs well. Has a simple self-starting design. Generates a rotating magnetic field. Doesn't require a commuter and doesn't require the frequent maintenance of other motors that use mechanical brushes. Then in May of 1888, Tesla receives a patent on his AC motor. Peck and Brown work to have it advertised in the press and seek to showcase its improvements over other existing options. Basically, they want to show the public that it's better than Edison's shitty design options. And that pisses Edison off. Uh, he'll soon go to uh, insane lengths to show that his favorite DC current is vastly superior to Tesla's AC current. These are highly competitive times, given the, you know, given that controlled electricity was was a new and rapidly expanding field in high demand with vast fortunes to be made. Westinghouse, Edison, and Thomas Houston were the three current heavy hitters in the field. And then on May 16th, 1888, Tesla demonstrates his motor at the American Institute of uh, Electrical Engineers. News of his invention travels to George Westinghouse the owner of a Westinghouse Electric Manufacturing Company. And then by July of uh, 1888, Brown and Peck strike a high-end deal with Westinghouse for the license of Tesla's AC polyphase induction motor and transformer designs. The deal was for 60000 roughly $1.5 million today, uh, royalties of two fifty. that's $62.30 uh, in today's dollar, uh, per AC horsepower produced by each motor and stock in the company. Tesla was also given a one-year contract by Westinghouse where he would receive uh, the equivalent of $50,000 uh, a month in today's money uh, as payment as a consultant for the Pittsburgh lab. So not bad, man. Not bad at all. He is not in the slightest bit concerned with digging ditches now. Uh, the only ditch he's you know, possibly daydreaming about is that one to bury Edison in with a shovel made of fucking solid diamonds. Things are looking out for Tesla. But then Edison comes back into his life and ruins everything again. By taking the first shot and what will become to known or what will come to be known as the War of Currents, nerd fight. So here are the basics of the War of Currents. Tesla was arguing for and advertising alternating current AC, and Edison was utilizing and promoting direct current DC. And one day, during a heated argument, they kind of did one of those chest bumps that dudes sometimes do, like you know, chest to chest. And when they did, their penises touched tip to tip. And that's how Angus Young was born. And that's how the band uh, ACDC came about. And that's what this song, Back in Black, is really about if you pay close enough attention to the lyrics. Back in black, they bump the sax. Touching tips, electric man, my two dads, I'm a magic man. Sprung forth, cloud of smoke after tip to tip, I'm a... Something like that, you know. And I'm back in black, and it's tip to tip. Huh. Okay. Enough of that nonsense. That was probably painful for everyone. No, beginning in 1888, Edison really did kick off the war of currents with Tesla. Tesla really did advocate an alternating current method of electrical fulfillment. 
Edison really did advocate a direct current method. Uh, the current or electric charge only feel, only flows in one direction in the case of direct current. But an alternating current, electric charge, changes direction periodically. Uh, not only current, but also the voltage reverses because of the change in the current flow, uh, which is better. Well, in most instances, while better may not be the best word, alternating current has been more efficient and cost-effective over the last century and change. Uh, direct current has been more difficult to transmit over long distances because it loses a little juice along the way. It has to be kind of reboosted. And, and upgrading to uh, a higher or lower voltage requires extent, uh, expensive circuitry. Uh, alternating current can be more easily transmitted over long distances, can be also conveniently converted to higher or lower voltage uh, using transformers, which are essentially a, a coiled, coiled up wire that steps up or steps down the magnitude of AC voltage. Uh, those power lines you see taking electricity to your home around your neighborhood, those uh, in all likelihood carry AC power. How, however, this is changing in some parts of the world in recent years uh, where more efficient DC power transmission techniques are being developed. Also, portable battery power devices such as laptops and cell phones use DC, direct current power. How do they convert your home's AC power to DC power? Well, you know that little black box that is part of your battery charger? Or like the little white box uh, if you're an iPhone user that, you know, that little, uh, with the, actually the plug goes into that little tiny white, you know, like square. Well, that, that box, little square thing, whatever, that's an AC to DC power converter. Now, obviously, there are more differences, a variety of other advantages and disadvantages, and we could get way too bogged down in unnecessary details for today's narrative and put everyone to sleep. We're not going to do that. I guess the, the main thing to know is, other than the basic explanation I just gave, is that during the war of currents, Tesla's AC was actually the better choice. It cost less than DC, and despite what Edison would uh, say and try to prove, it was not more dangerous. Uh, both AC and DC equally capable of producing enough voltage to shock your dick and or tits off. Uh, okay, so the following, this little uh, getting into this war of current, good good historical reminder to not believe the hype all the time. Just because all your friends and family and media might be telling you something, that doesn't mean it's true. Marketing, marketing, often mixed with so much disgusting, blatant lies and manipulation. Uh, so, okay, so, so 1888, Edison's a big deal. Uh, he and his company are already very established in the field of electricity. He's making a shit ton of money off his technology, and he wants to keep making that money. And he's put all his chips, you know, or all his eggs, I guess, in the DC basket. And after developing the first incandescent bulb in 1879, he supports direct uh, or supported by direct current. The new lucrative electricity market has opened its arms to him. He's printing money. His invention was guaranteed to change the world. His invention was godlike, a whole just let there be light revolutionary phenomenon. Edison, while quickly understanding that his invention was guaranteed success, also knew it had limitations. You know, he's a very smart guy. He's a genius himself. Uh, he knows it has limitations when being used over long distances. And when former ungrateful employee Nikola Tesla shows back up, starts strongly offering and advocating this cheaper AC, uh, you know, kind of a uh, um, you know method of transmission, he, he's not happy about it. He's not happy about it. And so he becomes, in short, a ruthless, lying, mean-spirited asshole to try to turn public opinion away from alternating current. Or maybe he was already that kind of person and he just revealed his true nature to the world now. Edison launches a, a very mean-spirited propaganda campaign that's wildly effective. He consistently presents Tesla's uh, alternating current as being very dangerous and unreliable. Edison actually stated uh, at one point, just as certain as death, Westinghouse, which is Tesla's AC system, will kill a customer within six months after he puts it in a system of any size. He knew this wasn't true. Uh, you don't really see companies do that anymore, by the way. Can, can you imagine if the CEO of Ford showed up in a commercial and just said something like, go ahead, buy a Chevy. And then when it hits someone and you're you're doing 
You're done washing your, your, your dead children's blood off the inside of the windshield. Maybe you'll be ready to buy a Ford. Ford Tough. Like, it's fucking crazy. Just to like, you know, to say that your competition is going to just kill its customers. Uh, back in 1887, Edison had actually already laid the groundwork for his AC power will kill you smear campaign against Tesla and his Westinghouse backers when a dentist from Buffalo uh, uh, reached out to Edison in the hopes of finding a more humane way of capital punishment. Alfred P. Southwick found hangings to be inhumane, uh, but a recently seen a man accidentally electrocute himself, and he thought that an answer uh, to a more humane type of execution may allow uh, or may lie within this new science. Edison was always publicly opposed to the death sentence. But he saw the opportunity to, to associate his competition with death, so he recommended the Westinghouse Company and their use of alternating current to Southwick, and it worked. AC current would be used for the electric chair starting in 1890. On August 6, 1890, convicted murderer William Kemmler would be the first person to be killed in the electric chair in Auburn, New York, and it was horrific. The generator was charged with 1,000 volts. Uh, assumed to be inadequate uh, amount to induce quick unconsciousness and then cardiac arrest. The chair had already been thoroughly tested. A horse had been successfully electrocuted the day before. Current was then passed through Kemmler for 17 seconds. The power was turned off and Kemmler was declared dead. However, he wasn't. Witnesses noticed Kemmler was still breathing. Uh, the attending physicians come forward to examine Kemmler, confirm he is still alive. A doctor calls out, have the current turned on again. Quick, no delay. Kemmler was then shocked with 2,000 volts. Blood vessels under his skin began to rupture and bleed, and some witnesses would actually later claim that his body caught fire. Uh, the New York Times report reported that uh, an awful odor began to permeate the death chamber, and then as though to cap the climax of this fearful sight, it was seen that the hair under and around the electrode on the head and the flesh under and around the electrode at the base of the spine was singed. The stench was unbearable. So like they're cooking this guy. Witnesses reported the smell of burning flesh and several nauseated spectators unsuccessfully try to leave the room. The execution ends up taking eight minutes. <laughs> the competitive newspaper reporters covering the Kemmler execution uh, jump on all these abnormalities. Each newspaper tries to outdo the others with sensational headlines and reports. Uh, the head of Westinghouse, Tesla's company, you know, George Westinghouse, later would comment, they would have done better just using an axe. Huge PR win for Edison. Uh, Westinghouse's uh, alternating current became so associated with getting electrocuted that people began to refer to getting electrocuted as getting Westinghoused. Man, how happy did that make Edison? Do you want my clean, safe, not shocky power? Or do you want Tesla's death juice? Want my dependable, make America great again zip zap? Or do you want Tesla's commie skin sizzler? And how much did that suck for George Westinghouse, man, to have your actual name associated with horrific death? Uh, Westinghouse, by the way, uh, had tried to prevent this very strong. He had thrown $100,000 into an appeal for Kemmler to keep that dude from being electrocuted to try to prevent alternating current from being used in his death. Uh, and this is just a small part of this war of currents. Uh, and this wouldn't happen until 1890. Meanwhile, back in 1888, Edison was just uh, – he wasn't just sitting around hoping for an opportunity like that to present itself. He was making shit happen. He was touring the U.S., uh, putting on presentations or at least funding presentations if he wasn't there himself about how dangerous AC power could be. Um, you know, he, he, he started publicly electrocuting dogs, horses, and even electrocuting an elephant with AC to make his case. Seriously, this isn't just some of my weird shit. He really did this. Like, what in the fuck? Bounce around the web and you'll see, uh, you'll read stories about him electrocuting all kinds of creatures. Uh, well, Edison didn't actually electrocute, um, you know, these animals himself, but, he, you know, he paid to have the demonstration carried out. So he paid to have him killed. Same difference. 
Uh, often he paid to have him killed by an engineer and anti-alternating current advocate, Harold Brown. Stray dogs, stray cats, horses, orangutan. Uh, yeah, that elephant we'll talk about in a little bit. June of 1888, he started, he set up a public display to warn of the dangers of alternating current at a dog's water dish hooked up to an AC dynamo. And when the dog went to get a drink, he got fucking shocked to death. Man, times were different. Again, can you imagine getting away with doing anything remotely like that today? You know, just like, my God, just the public backlash. Well, I mean, the laws you'd break and everything too, but just to prove that my carbonated life bubble soda is far safer than my competitor's big bubble cola, despite being just as bubbly. I had five of these pigeons drink Life Bubble and five drink Big Bubble. Uh, now, now, uh, uh, sorry, uh, what is it? Life Bubble. So, yes, Life Bubble, a five drink, five Life Bubble, and then a five drink Big Bubble. What? Now, watch carefully. See that? That pigeon just exploded. Now, oh, oh, so did that one. Oh, and the other three. All five of the Big Bubble Cola drinkers just had their stomachs blow up. You see what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, oh shoot. Okay, that's one of ours just uh, actually exploded as well. Oh, oh, shit. Okay, two of ours. Oh, okay, three. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Uh, but okay, that seems to be it. That seems to be it. So five of their pigeons exploded to death. Two of ours lived. So life bubble, the safer bubble drink. Uh, by the way, pigeons blown up from drinking carbonated beverages uh, seems to also be just a uh, urban legend. As does the Alka-Seltzer thing blowing them up. Probably best not to test it, though. Don't, don't test it. Uh, Edison would test it, though, uh, if he could. He clearly didn't give a shit. Well, George Westinghouse, he sees how this is playing out. He writes Edison a letter at one point saying, uh, I believe there has been a system, uh, systemic attempt on the part of some people to do a great deal of mischief and create as great a difference as possible between the Edison Company and the Westinghouse Electric Company when there ought to uh, be an entirely different condition of affairs. So he's like, come on, man, we, don't, we can get along. We can make this work for everybody. Edison does not bother writing back. Uh, he does continue purchasing stray dogs for 25 cents each to use in many more presentations. So really this war of currents, uh, uh, less of a war. Uh, really just a continual assault against Westinghouse and Tesla's preferred alternating current uh, AC electricity. In 1889, while Edison is electrocuting stray pets uh, to increase his company's bottom line, Tesla travels to Paris for the exposition uh, Universal, uh, where he finds inspiration in Heinrich Hertz's electric experimentation that proves that electromagnetic radiation, radio waves, or radio waves, radio waves are in fact real. And this uh, led to the invention of his Tesla coil in 1891. Uh, in 1891, Tesla demonstrated wireless lighting by uh, uh, excuse by electrostatic induction at Columbia College. He would later go on to claim that his new system of wireless lighting, uh, he'd worked on it for more than a decade, would eventually lead to a system in which signals and possibly power would be sent through the earth without the use of wires. Uh, sound familiar? Sound like pretty much uh, what most of us uh, base most of our lives uh, around now? Wireless technology. Uh, incredible how, how important this contribution is to modern tech and the internet. It's like this dude was, you know, trying to trying to get the internet going back then. Uh, July 30th, 1891, Tesla became a citizen of the United States, patents his Tesla coil. Uh, what is a Tesla coil? Uh, Tesla coil is an electrified cock ring. Uh, what? Uh, excuse me? Uh, no. Uh, Tesla coil produces wireless electricity. You've probably seen a version of one in a museum. Even some Fry's electronic stores have Tesla coil displays. It, it's, it's a metal coil that shoots out what looks like a lightning bolts. Little of our arcs of electricity. Tesla would stand near an arc for demonstrations, hold a light bulb in his hand, and the electricity would pass through him into the bulb, lighten it up. Uh, the concept behind the coil is actually fairly simple and makes use of electromagnetic force and resonance. And they're powerful, these, these Tesla coils. Employing copper wire and glass bottles, an amateur electrician can build a Tesla coil that can produce a quarter of a million volts. Uh, wow. Uh, 1892, Edison and Thomas Houston merge into a new company you may have heard of called General Electric. 
right? Edison was working on their other names previously. Now he's got General Electric. Uh, they celebrate by electrocuting and then stomping a hundred Cocker Spaniels to death. Hail Nimrod! No, they don't, they don't do that. Uh, Tesla lectures in London in 1892. In 1893, Tesla and Westinghouse finally score a major victory. They finally get a victory in the ongoing war of current, which really isn't like, you know, uh, directed at Edison, you know, uh, in this case. I feel like Edison's, you know, uh, battle or battles or moves during the war of current were very direct, like just very much directly shitting on AC and Westinghouse, where uh, in 1893, Tesla and Westinghouse, they just do something, you know, successful which I guess is, uh, you know, their side of the war. They win the bid to light up the World's Columbian Exposition, also known as the Chicago World's Fair. Now, we talked about the World's Fair back in the H.H. Holmes murder castle episode, suck number 25. H.H. Uh, Holmes, you know, killed an unknown amount of random tourists who came to stay at his murder castle while they were in town for the expo or working at the expo or moved to town because of the work provided by the expo. Well, Edison uh, General Electric had originally proposed to power the electric exhibits at the expo, using direct current at the cost of $1.8 million. And when that was rejected, they got their bid all the way down to $554,000. I love that difference. You know, just like Edison, like, we can't do it for a penny less than $1.8 million. That's, the, that's the, the least expensive way we can even possibly do it with the technology. Well, that's, that's, that's far too expensive, Thomas. I'm, I'm sorry, but we're, we're going to have to look elsewhere. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I just got some new figures in my head. Half a million. We can do it for half a million. Like, he cuts it by over a third. Or I mean, sorry, he cuts it, uh, yeah, it's down to like, what, like almost like 70% less than the original uh, offer. Well, then Westinghouse, uh, their offer comes in at 399000 So, you know, cheaper than the cheap new option from Edison. And this is a historical moment for Tesla because they win the bid. Uh, and now they're able to showcase, you know, the, their beloved AC on a big, big stage. Uh, Thomas King Dickhead Edison tries to rain on Tesla's parade by banning the use of Edison's lamps at the expo. But Westinghouse's company quickly designs a double stopper light bulb, which allows them to sidestep some Edison's patents, and they're able to light the fair anyway. And it was a wild success. As Eric Larson describes in the main source I used for the H.H. Holmes suck, the, the book, The Devil in the White City, in which uh, Eric Larson wrote, If evenings at the fair were seductive, the nights were ravishing. The lamps that laced every building and walkway produced the most elaborate demonstration of electric illumination ever attempted and the first large-scale test of alternating currents. The fair alone consumed three times as much electricity as the entire city of Chicago. There were important engineering milestones, but what visitor visitors adored was the sheer beauty of seeing so many lights ignited in one place at one time. Every building, including the manufacturers and liberal arts building, was outlined in white bulbs. Giant searchlights, the largest ever made and said to be visible 60 miles away, had been mounted on the manufacturer's roof, and swept the grounds and surrounding neighborhoods. Large colored bulbs lit the hundred-foot plumes of water that burst from the McMoney's fountain. It was like getting a sudden vision of heaven. So, you know, very successful. So that's uh, that's awesome. That was a nice, uh, nice year for Tesla. Uh, next year, 1894, Tesla begins experimenting with what he referred to as invisible kinds of radiant energy, which led him to possibly taking the first X-ray photo by accident. Tesla was trying to uh, photograph uh, buddy Mark Twain in his lap. No big deal. No big name drop. Uh, but the only image that came through was, that, was a metal piece on his camera lens. Uh, so, you know, maybe kind of technically the first x-ray photo. 1895, Tesla, with the help of new financial backers, able to open the Nikola Tesla company. The aim was to market and develop a variety of Tesla's previously patented inventions and pursue new work as well. 
Alfred Brown from Tesla's earlier, earlier days joins in, uh, brought patents from Tesla's work under Peck and Brown. Very little ended up coming from it uh, all other than the fact that they continued to manage Tesla's patents for years and years to come. Uh, then on March 13th, 1895, Tesla has what is uh, inarguably a terrible, terrible day for a scientist. His lab catches fire and burns to the ground. Notes, research, models all go up in smoke, and he is crushed. The New York Times quoted him as saying, I am in too much grief to talk. What can I say? I can't imagine. I've had hard drives crash, and that feels terrible. You know, my, my photos, my, my documents, my, my old emails that in all likelihood I would have never looked at again, but gave me great comfort to know that I could if I wanted to. No! November of 1896, uh, Tesla finishes work on a project on a brand new dam at Niagara Falls using his AC system. The power generated from the falls will produce enough electricity to power all of Buffalo, New York. Now, this is considered by some to be his crowning achievement. Niagara Falls, uh, the first major hydroelectric power plant in the world. Dr. Charles F. Scott, professor uh, emeritus of electrical engineering at Yale University, former president of the American Institute of Electrical Engineers, would say at the time, the evolution of electric power from the discovery of Faraday in 1831 to the initial great installation of the Tesla polyphase system in 1896 is undoubtedly the most tremendous event in all engineering history. So, you know, high praise. Now wealthy for the first time, Tesla becomes a scientific free agent, spends the next 12 or so years bouncing around Manhattan, renting various spaces as laboratories. He can often be heard muttering under his breath, just fuck Thomas Edison. I'll bury him yet. Bury him in one of those ditches he reduced me to digging. We'll see who laughs last, Edison. Yes, we shall see. In 1898, uh, Tesla freaks out an audience at Madison Square Garden uh, when he demonstrates his tele, uh, tele automaton boat uh, that was radio controlled. Basically, the first remote, the world's first uh, remote control boat. Uh, people witnessing this hard to mentally process event because they'd never seen anything like this. <laughs> they attributed the, the small boat's ability to move to either magic, uh, telepathy, or to the small monkey that appeared to be captaining it. Seriously, they had like a little monkey on the boat, and they truly believed that the monkey was the one controlling it. You know, just a, just a totally normal boat captain monkey. Uh, Tesla tried marketing his invention to the U.S. military, but they didn't bite at the time. Uh, radio-controlled items stayed uh, fixed in the realm of playthings until World War I when countries would begin to utilize it. Uh, sadly, he did not decide to tour the world with his boat captain monkey and devote the rest of his life to fuck with people's minds. That'd be great. I introduce to you Zanzibar. The world's first monkey boat captain. Tell him where you'd like him to go and he'll do it. He understands all human language, all of them. And no one navigates the sea like Zanzibar. Tesla, godfather of remote control cars and drones. Dude, how cool is that? Uh, 1899, Tesla moves to Colorado Springs, Colorado and starts smoking so much weed. Uh, he gets good at hacky sack, becomes known for baking the most uh, magical brownies you've ever tasted. He subscribes to a vague political and spiritual ideology of just be cool, man. Just let it all happen, man. Don't you just don't worry about it. Uh, he stops eating meat, stops washing his hair, spends a long time with some musician friends playing 20-minute long solos full of oh-so-many deeply groovy guitar riffs. No, he doesn't do that. Uh, he sets up an experimental station. He chose the location for its high altitude as he was interested in studying the conductive nature of low-pressure air. All this guy cared about was his scientific work. Still no romantic life. The dude would never, ever date a single person. No rumors of love affairs. No strong indication, you know, he ever had a sexual experience of any kind. Probably shocked his wean every time he got a boner, you know, just until he conditioned it to just stay limp. What is the big deal with limp dick? I like Tesla. I feel like he understands Gigatillo on some level. 
He focused on Spark and Lightning. I focused on Jerk and Russell. Get out of here, Chuck T. You already showed up in this episode, you son of a bitch. You have no place here. What's what the big deal? Go on, get. Tessa really did, unlike Edison, uh, focus only on the scientific life. Edison would actually father six children. He's married twice. Uh, dude, you know, found time to get it on. Uh, 1899, Tesla also looking for the ability to create a much larger working space for his growing experimentation in Colorado. He announced his plans to create and deliver a long-distance wireless telegraph from Pikes Peak to Paris. So basically, in 1899, he really is trying to invent the, the internet. Think about what this dude could, could do if he was alive now. Like, he'd be working on, you know, some kind of teleportation machine, beaming us around like Star Trek. Elon Musk would probably be his assistant. Or maybe he and Elon would push each other. Maybe they'd be rivals, like him and Edison. You know, it'd be the war of space travel instead of the war of currents. I'm so amazed by the genius of people like this. Also in Colorado, he built a massive coil in his new lab that was capable of producing millions of volts. He's able to produce uh, lightning that could travel up to 135 feet with this. He studies it in depth. He also scared the shit out of the locals. He's like a dark wizard to these people. They couldn't comprehend him, what he was doing. He was a mad scientist. They probably thought he was working on some kind of Frankenstein up there. Uh, Tesla began to notice strange signals from the receiver in his lab around this time and began to speculate that he's picking up messages from outer space, from other planets. The media caught hold of this and had a field day mocking him, claiming that Tesla was, uh, you know, talking to Martians. Tesla himself went on to wonder about this for at least a couple of years, making occasional remarks about it, but never solidifying where the messages originated from or what they meant. He was widely mocked as geniuses sadly often are by the ignorant masses who just aren't intelligent enough to begin to understand them. You know, he may very well have been the first person to pick up radio waves from space. Satisfied with his experimentation in Colorado, in June of 1900, Tesla moves back to Manhattan and into the famed Waldorf Astoria, the most prestigious hotel in New York City for decades. Kings, queens, presidents, actors, actresses, artists, and more stayed there. President Herbert Hoover uh, actually lived there for 30 years after his presidency. Gangster Bugsy Siegel owned an apartment in the Waldorf Astoria. Uh, Marilyn Monroe stayed there for several months. I may have at least walked by it once or twice. I might have been glared at by some hotel concierge who knew I didn't belong there. So, you know, pretty good, pretty good hotel. In July of 1901, 45-year-old Tesla plans to build a more powerful transmitter with the aim of advancing his radio-based wireless transmission system. Finds himself in a race, now against 27-year-old Italian inventor uh, Guillermo Marconi, uh, whom Tesla was convinced was using his own inventions to try and beat him in this race. Uh, Tesla secured $150,000, over $3.8 million in today's money from J.P. Morgan to build the Wardenclyffe Tower, a.k.a. Tesla Tower, in Shoreham, New York, an experimental wireless transmission station in this race. Tesla intended to transmit messages, even images across the Atlantic to England, to ships at sea, based on theories of using the earth to conduct the signals. Again, dude is trying to invent the internet at the dawn of the 20th century. Well, Marconi won the race by transmitting the letter S from England to Newfoundland in December of 1901, and history has credited him as the inventor of the radio. Tesla was quoted as saying, Marconi is a good fellow. Let him continue. He is using 17 of my patents. To me, that's nerd speak for I still win. Marconi's technology is based on my technology. When he makes money, I make money. When he invents, I invent. I win. Tesla is God. Tesla is the greatest scientist who ever lived. I don't know. Maybe Tesla could have just, you know, beaten Marconi outright if he'd have just gotten a little bit more sleep. Maybe a little better sleep. Maybe he should have set aside a little time to invent a time machine and zip up to the future to grab himself a Lisa mattress. That's right. That's right. Time Suck is brought to you today by Lisa. Do you find yourself distracted? Forgetting things? Making mistakes at work? Not being able to quite beat another mad scientist in an ongoing nerd battle? Well, get some better rest, you stupid sleepyhead. Sorry. 
I shouldn't yell at you like that. Lisa doesn't like it when I yell at you like that. A quality night's sleep really does make so much difference. And the right mattress is the difference between resting and just laying down like a silly asshole who thinks they know how to sleep now. I'm sorry. Sorry again. That was still too aggressive. Comprised of three foam layers that provide cooling pressure, relief, body contouring, and support. Over 300,000 happy Lisa sleepers agree that Lisa mattresses Give them the rest they need. So order your Lisa mattress online at lisa.com slash timesuck with the promo code timesuck. Try it risk-free for 100 nights. The Lisa mattress ships direct to your door in a convenient box with free shipping and free returns. Find the right mattress for you at lisa.com slash timesuck. Get the rest you need tonight. You know, like my leg hurts, my back is stiff today. Probably because I've been on the road for a week and a half not sleeping on my Lisa mattress. Damn you, hotel mattresses. I miss the memory foam. You know, that memory foam-like feeling of my Lisa. I miss the feeling of, of the mattress not trapping my body heat. Not, you know, not trying to sweat me out. Who likes sweaty sleep? Not me. Not me. And by the way, it was confusing. It's not memory foam. It just has, it just reminds me of that in the best of ways. So again, get up to $160 off the Lisa mattress or $235 off the luxury Sapira mattress. And free shipping on the Lisa mattress at lisa.com slash timesuck. Enter promo code timesuck at checkout. Do it. Link in the episode description. You can also link over by pushing the Lisa button in the new, improved TimeSuck app and at the TimeSuck website. All right, now back to Tesla being pissed off at Marconi, beating him in their battle to develop essentially radio. Not essentially, it is radio. Uh, Despite playing it off, you know, like always well after Marconi wins this race, Tesla becomes obsessed with advancing his wireless technology beyond that of Marconi's. Sends over 50 letters to his financial backer, JP Morgan, asking for more money to compete and advance the Wardenclyffe Tower over the next five years. He's able to complete construction and move his lab there in June of 1902. But other investors uh, are busy dumping more money into Marconi than Tesla, and the media also begins to turn on Tesla. Edison, also still not done with Tesla, in 1903, he further proves his statements about the dangers of AC power at Coney Island now, when he has that elephant executed for an audience of thousands. Topsy was a circus elephant who had been labeled as too dangerous to stay alive after having killed three different men. To be fair, though, at least one of the men she killed had tried to feed her lit cigarettes, you know, making him a complete asshole who deserved to be stomped out by an elephant. Edison uh, built the poor creature copper sandals and then ran 6,000 volts through her system with AC power. (sighs) 1904, J.P. Morgan and other Tesla inventors were either cutting support entirely or limiting funds to the point that Tesla had to take out a mortgage on his tower to cover his living expenses at the Waldorf Astoria. Astoria, excuse me. By 1906, his precious Tesla Tower had been abandoned. In 1906, Tesla opened offices at 165 Broadway in Manhattan, trying to raise uh, further funds by developing and marketing his patents. On his 50th birthday on July 10th, 1906, Tesla demonstrated a 200 horsepower, 150 kilowatt, 16,000 RPM bladeless turbine. Cool, but unfortunately, this invention made him uh, very little money, and his financial problems continue. In 1909, Marconi receives the Nobel Prize for contributions to the field of wireless communication. This apparently just about breaks Tesla. And then at the awards presentation ceremony, he tells the crowd gathered there that the award is dedicated to his mother for always being there for him and always supporting him. And also to Nikola Tesla, who could, quote, suck his dick and die and go to hell. While this remark is a standing ovation and Tesla is devastated. Now, of course, that never happened, but Tesla's feelings were hurt. He'd yet to have won a Nobel Prize, and he felt he'd contributed so much more than Marconi. Uh, Tesla would actually never win a Nobel Prize. Uh, In 1910, Tesla sets up another lab at the Metropolitan Life Tower, where he'd stay until he could no longer afford the rent there, has to move out in 1914. 1913, his primary backer, J.P. Morgan, dies. 
1914, he rents some space in the Woolworth building until he could no longer afford that rent either. In 1915, money woes continue, and Tesla loses the Tesla Tower now completely. Uh, it's, you know, no longer been, you know, hasn't been in use for almost a decade anyway, but now it's lost to foreclosure. The tower is demolished. Also in 1915, Tesla sues Marconi's company for infringement on his, you know, wireless patents and loses this case. Also, on November 16th, 1915, a Reuters news agency reports from London that, that, that uh, Tesla had won the 1915 Nobel Peace Prize in, or Nobel Prize, excuse me, in physics, uh, that it was given to Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla. However, uh, on, on November 15th, a Reuters story from Stockholm states the prize is being awarded to Sir William Henry Bragg and William Lawrence Bragg for their services in the analysis of crystal structure by means of x-rays. Some Tesla biographers believe that Tesla and Edison were actually supposed to have won that award. They were offered it first, but that they hated each other so much that they refused to share the award. Now, the Nobel Foundation has said that this never happened, but the rumor persists. Uh, Tesla moves around Manhattan for some years after this, renting various spaces, struggling to find any investors, then moving out, leaving uh, piles of unpaid bills behind him. He continues to ask Morgan's uh, J.P. Morgan's son, uh, you know, after J.P. had died for for money, but doesn't get it. Uh, ends up in near bankruptcy. 1922, 66 year old Tesla moves from the Waldorf Astoria to the St. Regis Hotel now, where he stays for roughly a year. You know, continues to struggle with money and falls in love with the pigeon. This is that pigeon thing we mentioned a while back. Seriously, that's that's when you know your life is in complete shambles when you fall in love with the pigeon. No one falls in love with the pigeon in any kind of romantic way. Uh, while their life is working out really well and they're terribly mentally stable. Tesla began to fixate on these local pigeons during this tough time during his, of his life uh, that he would visit daily in a nearby park and, and then moves on to feeding them from the window of his room. And then he claims that one in particular visited him and, and uh, regularly and becomes injured. And then it's rumored that he spent over $2,000 building a contraption to help this uh, little pigeon uh, help her broken wing heal and her, and her leg. She hurt her leg and her, and her, and her wing. And then the mess from these birds uh, and, and more unpaid bills, of course, uh, leads to his eviction. And Tesla would later say to these birds, I have been feeding pigeons, thousands of them, for years. But there was one, a beautiful bird, pure white with light gray tips on swings. That one was different. It was a female. I had only to wish and call her, and she would come flying to me. I loved that pigeon as a man loves a woman, and she loved me. As long as I had her, there was a purpose to my life. That is so funny slash sad to me. Uh, in late 1922, then big scandal for Tesla. He and the pigeon get married. And then the pigeon dies from eternal bleeding uh, when Tesla tries to consummate the marriage on the wedding night. And that is insane. Uh, I don't know what ended up happening to that uh, pigeon. I don't know what happened to Tesla's sexy love pigeon. But I do know for the next several years, Tesla continued to bounce from one hotel to the next, leaving more and more unpaid bills as patents on his previously profitable inventions ran out. And new inventions are not being used. In 1931, Kenneth Sweezy, a young writer who had been associated with Tesla for some time, organizes a celebration for the inventor's 75th birthday. Uh, Tesla received congratulatory letters from more than 70 pioneers in science and engineering, including Albert Einstein. And he's also featured on the cover of Time magazine. Uh, the cover's caption is, All the World's His Powerhouse. Uh, and it notes his contribution to electrical power generation. Uh, and the party went so well that Tesla made it an annual event for a while, an occasion where he would put out a large spread of food and drink and invite the press over to see his inventions and hear stories about possible new inventions, the claims of an increasingly mad scientist. Uh, in 1931, longtime rival Thomas Edison 
also dies that year. Uh, yeah, or not also dies like like, but he dies that year at the age of eighty four. So really, you know, between the seventy fifth birthday party and Edison dying, pretty good year for Tesla. And then uh, following this pretty good year, Tesla starts to really kind of unravel mentally a bit. Uh, it is nineteen thirty two p- uh, birthday party. He claims he's invented a motor that runs on cosmic rays. And no, that that never happened. That that is not a thing that exists. And then in nineteen thirty three, he tells reporters that he's on the verge of producing a new form of energy. He said it could be tapped with an apparatus that would be cheap to run and that it would last 500 years. He also tells reporters he's developing a way to photograph the retina to record human thought. No, uh, he's not developing any of that. Uh, And then Tesla takes his crazy talk even further in 1934 when he says he has now built a super weapon called a death ray. (laughs) He has now shifted into the character of the cartoonish mad scientist supervillain. I'm surprised he didn't hire an assistant called Igor at this point. Igor, show the fine folks who have come to our party that I am quite serious about my death ray. Of, of course, Master Tesla. At, at once, Master Tesla. Igor, point the death ray at Marconi's laboratory. Uh, yes, Master Tesla. At, at once, Master Tesla. Yes. Can you sense your imminent death, Mr. Marconi? Are you ready to be exploded or disintegrated or eviscerated or perhaps evaporated? Even I am not sure what the death ray will do to you. It's not it's not quite finished. Still fine still fine tuning the death ray, but but soon. Oh yes, soon I will death ray you. You should have never crossed a murderer, Marconi. I'm a murderer. Uh, nineteen thirty-four, Westinghouse, Tesla's former financial war of current backer, uh, begins to pay him $125 a month, roughly twenty one hundred in today's dollars, in addition to covering the cost of his rent at the Hotel New Yorker. Uh, to kind of keep him afloat. this would He'd do this for the remainder of Tesla's life. And it was listed as a type of consulting fee despite limited consult, uh, consultation ever taking place. Um, the rationale for why they did this kind of varies depending on the source. But but a likely theory is that rather than doing it purely for humanitarian charitable reasons, uh, Westinghouse was just concerned about the, the bad press that would come from you know, Tesla's you know, demise given the, his current struggles. You know, uh, he's their previous star inventor. Uh, 1935, Tesla makes another crazy claim at his birthday party. Uh, when he turned 79, he announced his invention of a pocket-sized oscillator that would destroy the Empire State Building. <laughs> uh, that's not a thing. Following this party, uh, Tesla became a recluse for his final years, tinkering on various inventions, talking about uh, having built death rays and the like. Uh, uh, after dying of a heart attack at the age of 86 on January 7th, 1943, he's talked about so many death rays and those kind of things before that after he's discovered by a maid, his body is... Uh, the FBI sends the alien property custodian to seize his belongings, despite him having been a citizen in the U.S. for, for years. And then John G. Trump, a professor at MIT, was asked to inspect his items over the course of three days. Make sure he's got no death race. Nothing similar. Uh, funny that they were worried enough about what he was capable of inventing, that they thought he may have, in fact, built a death ray or some kind of a super weapon. Had to check it out, you know, after he dies. Make sure the, the whole hotel's not going to explode. Uh, random trivia, by the way, John G. Trump, uh, President Trump's paternal uncle. And, uh, and while this Trump never found a death ray, uh, despite some conspiracy theorists uh, thinking he did, and then it now belongs to the Illuminati, of course, uh, he did find an issue of a comic book called Pootie and Juju. They found issue number 107 from January 1919 called The Electric Mad Wizard, an issue dedicated to Nikola Tesla. In this issue, Pootie takes a job as Tesla's laboratory assistant and isn't allowed to tell Juju what's going on at this new job. After a few weeks, Juju can't take the mystery and simply must know what Pootie is up to, especially since Pootie came home one day with so much static electricity uh, that their cat, Dr. Dingles, was nearly shocked to death and then hid under the couch for three days. 
So Juju snuck into Tesla's tower to see what was happening, only to find Pootie strapped down to an examination table like Frankenstein. Juju watches Tesla pull a switch and then giant arcs of lightning stab through the air, hitting Poodoo, <laughs> hitting Pootie with enough juice to make Pootie's bones glow. Juju screams, don't do it, Tesla. Don't you scissor my Pootie. And he punches Tesla in the face, knocking him to the ground and flips the switch back down. And then Pootie yells at Juju. Why'd you just put the zip on my zaps, Juju? We were playing who can be the longest light bulb. And now Tesla wins. He stayed lit for two whole days. And then Juju said, I didn't know no how, Pootie. I thought he was killed in you. And then Tesla popped back up, punched Juju in the face to return the favor. After Juju fell to the ground, Pootie yelled, watch out, Juju. And then little dizzy birds circling around Juju's head. (whistles) Juju yelled back, too little, too diddle, Pootie. And then Tesla smiled and said, put that in your lunchbox, Shirley. And they all laughed and laughed and laughed. And then they took turns shocking the ever-loving bejesus out of one another and saying cruel things about what a jerk Thomas Edison was. The end. And now, back to the death of the real-life Nikola Tesla. January 10th. Tesla, this is January 10th, 1943. Tesla honored by the New York mayor at the time, uh, Fiorio? Fucking... His last name is LaGuardia. He's the man who LaGuardia Airport's named after. And I should have looked up pronunciation guide in his first fucking crazy-ass Italian name. Fiorello. Fiorello. Fiorello LaGuardia. Uh, who read a eulogy over the WNYC radio. Violin music played in the background. Two days later, Tesla's funeral witnessed by 2,000 people before his cremation. Uh, a few months after his death, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Marconi's patent in favor of Tesla. And the credit due was finally bestowed on Tesla for the invention of the radio. Now, this may have been nothing more than a political move, just so they could save you know, money by not having to pay Marconi. Because Marconi was suing the U.S. For, for using his patents during World War I. But either way, the verdict stands. And patent-wise, Tesla now technically the inventor of the radio. While most historians feel that Marconi is still, uh, is still excuse me, the real inventor. In uh, 1952, Tesla's nephew, uh, Sava uh, uh, Koza, Kozanovic, received the remains of Tesla's estate in Belgrade. The entire shipment contained 80 trunks. Tesla's ashes currently reside at the Nikola Tesla Museum there. And that is enough. That's it for today's Time Suck Timeline. Good job, soldier. You've made it back. Barely. Nikola Tesla, he came a long way from a little Serbian village, did he? Accomplished a lot for that son of a rural priest and a homemaker. Impressive. He possessed an extremely special mind, devoted his entire life to the exploration of his many, many ideas. And sure, he had some wacky ones towards the end. But as they say, it's a fine line between genius and madness. And he exemplified that. And I have a few more things to say about his life. But first, I found a video on YouTube called The Genius of Nikola Tesla, David Icke. Yes, space lizard whistleblower and king wackadoodle David Icke has posted his thoughts on Tesla. So we have to do an Idiots of the Internet. Idiots of the Internet. Ike posted a nine-minute video of his thoughts on Tesla on October 5th, 2017. And long story short, the gist of Ike's thoughts are that the Illuminati didn't want Tesla to succeed because he wanted to make the world a better place by handing out free energy. So the reptilians and their slaves and bloodlines continually worked to discredit him and block the success of his many inventions. Of course, that is what Ike believes. Uh, Let's see what the geniuses in the comment section of his video think. Uh, User Dizzy Dish has some interesting thoughts. 
uh, Dizzy Dish types, the world does not have any geniuses being born in this modern world. They are not, all caps, being taught and or trained to think outside the box. I often wonder how many geniuses have been aborted by a woman that has no morals. Uh, I don't agree with either of your thoughts here, Dizzy Dish. And also, your thoughts don't agree with one another. Uh, If the modern world is incapable of fostering genius because no one is trained to think correctly, then aborting babies wouldn't matter when it came to killing future geniuses, would it? You got to pick one stupid argument there. You know, either modern society doesn't allow for geniuses, doesn't cultivate genius, or we don't have geniuses because of abortion. Uh, you don't need you don't need both in there. Uh, user Taz goes a little harder on Dizzy Dish than I just did, posting, Dizzy Dish, you need help. Such poor grammar and a clear inability to think. It's a shame that your mother didn't abort you. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Dizzy Dish had no reply for that. And then True Moron, YouTube user investigator, posts, Just like we're brainwashed into thinking that Einstein was a great genius, we're also brainwashed into thinking that Tesla invented wireless communication. I rest my case. He rests his case, you guys. He rests his case. Who cares that he didn't actually uh, present a case? Who cares that he didn't actually have a case? Uh, Or that he didn't even hint at a case? He just threw out a few opinions that the entire or near entire scientific community would strongly disagree with, and then he rests. Uh, okay, what an, what an investigator he is. I don't like bats. And also, I find slugs repulsive. I rest my case. Hey, math is harder for some people to learn than others. And I like my iPhone okay, but I kind of wish I had a new iPhone now. I rest my case. Spaghetti is delicious. But if you think about it, some people prefer sushi. Huh? Case rested. Fucking idiot. Uh, and last one today. Uh, Proteus Games, the pseudo, excuse me, the pseudo intellectual, uh, the internet, the person with all the answers who is impressed by nothing. Uh, Proteus isn't impressed by Tesla genius because he or she doesn't believe in individual genius just as a concept. Posting, an idea does not have an inventor. An idea has a time. The idea you perceive to be unique is pondered by others. Subconsciously, perceptive individuals share information when in a meditative state. An inventor by way of patent is only the first person to articulate and lay claim to the idea. Translation, I'm as smart as Tesla. I'm as smart as Einstein. I know all there is possibly to know uh, about everything because I'm a perceptive individual who can enter a meditative state. Uh, Translation, I have very little formal education, and, and rather than feel bad about that or, or be jealous or insecure or, or even at least respect it, you know, that others uh, have it and it has value, my ego has led me to denounce it across the board and, and elevate myself to the level of genius without having to put a, a, any work into education or anything whatsoever. I just clear my mind, uh, you know, and bam, I'm a fucking genius too. Meditation. Uh, well, I'm going to say that no amount of meditation in the world is going to give me the ability to create a hydroelectric dam or revolutionize the use of fucking anything in the technical world whatsoever. I have no problem admitting that other people are way smarter than I am. And Tesla, pigeon lover or not, way smarter than me. Uh, you know, way smarter than me when it came to tech and probably in, in most other things, if not almost everything else. Uh, I'm no genius. Thankfully, I don't think I am also uh, uh, an idiot of the internet as well. Idiots of the internet.
Okay, so time for some last thoughts on Tesla before we wrap up today. Uh, at the end of Tesla's life, he had amassed roughly 300, at least 278, but the number's a little hard to pin down as they spread around two, uh, 26 countries, uh, patents around the world. While many of his inventions have not been utilized, he, he was instrumental in the development of much of the technology we take for granted today. Like, you know, if something you use uh, uses AC power, alternating current, you, you know, you have Tesla to thank. So you very likely have Tesla to thank for the for your house being lit up at night, uh, your appliances, you know, uh, be able to you know run because of the the power coming into the house. Even if they're you know working on DC voltage, it's likely that the it's be, the power is being transformed from AC to DC inside the house. Uh, his work with Westinghouse spread the use of electricity immensely. Uh, the Tesla coil helped uh, with the creation of radios and TV. Tesla developed uh, much of the groundwork that was likely used by Marconi in his radio development and just so much more. And part of what may have enabled Tesla to be so productive and revolutionary with the ideas he had was the possession he had of a photographic memory. Now, now most psychologists, or many at least, claim that a true photographic memory where you can recall anything you've ever seen with perfect clarity is impossible. But Tesla claimed to have it, or, or at very least, he may have had something very close to it. He was known for his ability to seemingly memorize entire books. He spoke eight languages, uh, Serbo-Croatian, uh, Czech, English, French, German, Hungarian, Italian, and Latin, had the uncanny ability to create his inventions without drawing or physically mapping them out. Uh, he preferred to just to visualize their construction in his head, which is unusual. Uh, he, he'd have this to say about his ability. He'd say, when a word was spoken to me, the image of the object it designated would present itself vividly to my vision, and sometimes I was quite unable to distinguish whether what I saw was tangible or not. This caused me great discomfort and anxiety. I mean, if that's true, it's like, I mean, God, this guy was, it's almost like a curse, the kind of intelligence he had. Can you imagine just like you're able to imagine something so vividly that you're basically able to trick yourself into, into thinking like it may be a tangible thing. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's like he had a, a certain amount of like the, like the properties of like LSD or some kind of powerful hallucinogenic drug in his system at all times, uh, that he was able to channel at will. Uh, but it sounds like, you know, like would channel more, more powerfully than he would have liked. This was particularly trouble for, uh, troublesome for him when his mind would fixate on something horrible. Uh, you know, like his brother's death. It would just feel like it was happening right there again. He began to practice the art of controlling these visions by fixing his mind and other things. And he wrote that he, he exercised this skill habitually, pushing his own bounds, saying, this I did constantly until I was about 17 when my thoughts turned seriously to invention. Then I observed to my delight that I could visualize uh, with the greatest facility, I needed no models, drawings, or experiments. God, if you could just like troubleshoot shit and tell your head like that. Uh, Tesla was plagued by what he referred to as luminous phenomena his entire life. It was something that he felt he had no control over in any regard, and they seemed to generally manifest during stressful, exciting, or dangerous times. He claimed that visions of flames occasionally accompanied these kind of like little lights that he would see, as well as distressing pain, as though his brain was on fire. Uh, in one instance, described in his book, he claimed that he had gone on a shooting expedition in Paris uh, and that the following three weeks were plagued by the phenomena. Uh, he was then invited to attend another, uh, and he quickly declined, alluding to the possibility of this phenomena possibly being like some kind of premonition. So who knows what that shit is about? Uh, like I said, special mind, rare genius. And now let's talk about a little how little sleep he got. I'm just amazed by that. Tesla claimed to only sleep two hours a night later in his adult life. And just take occasion, uh, like occasional small naps, uh, you know, or like little additional tiny cat naps throughout the day. This claim may seem outlandish, but accounts were verified during his youth of playing cards or pool for stretches up to 48 hours. 
continuously with limited impact. He also spent a stretch of time working in his lab in which he was up for roughly 84 hours straight. That's three and a half days. A friend and journalist, Kenneth Sweezy, confirmed that Tesla almost never slept. I do not understand how in the hell that is possible. And it's not like it destroyed his health. It clearly wasn't that detrimental. I mean, he lived until he was 86 years old. He may have lived a long life partially due to consistent exercise and diet. Very consistent. He was never out of shape from 1888 to 1926, right? So for almost 40 years, Tesla remained virtually exactly the same physically. Uh, He was six uh, six foot, two inches tall and 142 pounds. Dear God. I've never been that consistent. Uh, if you've seen pictures of me from 10 years ago I, uh, and pictures of me in like the past few years have seen me recently, y- you know, I'm, uh, I don't look the same. I'm about 80, 90 pounds heavier and uh, in the same height, man. Uh, yeah, this meat sack has a little more meat in their sack uh, than Tesla would have. That's crazy though. And just to be that consistent, he walked eight to 10 miles a day. Uh, another form of exercise, weird form of exercise he claimed to utilize was uh, he would curl his toes 100 times per foot each night. He thought that helped stimulate his mind. Uh, and he also was just very regular with his meals. He had a regular dinner off and alone at around 8 p.m. every night. He was convinced that others ate too much and exercised too little. Well, you know, no argument there. That's probably most people in society. He was proud of his well-maintained physique and health. He eventually became a vegetarian and then went on to a much more extreme diet later in life. It was essentially nothing more than milk, honey, bread, and vegetable juice. God, this legendary self-discipline. And, and, and once again, during the biography of a legend, I feel like a lazy slob slash monster. Uh, I almost don't want to take a drink from my iced mocha right now, but I'm going to. Uh, one last thing before we wrap up. Uh, uh, let's hear Tesla's thoughts on why he remained alone throughout his life, as reported in a newspaper interview in 1924. Uh, I guess I, you know, now I really do want to take. I, I don't, you know what? No, I, I during the research I was drinking the mocha. I'm not going to drink on the mic. I think that's rude. But now I'm looking at my mocha. I always, this is what he said. He goes, I always thought of a woman as possessing those delicate qualities of mind and soul that made her in respects far superior to man. I had put her on a lofty pedestal, figuratively speaking, and ranked her in certain important attributes considerably higher than man. I worshipped at the feet of the creature I had raised to this height. And like every true worshiper, I felt myself unworthy of the object of my worship. But all this was in the past. Now, the soft-voiced gentlewoman of my reverent worship has all but vanished. In her place has come the woman who thinks that her chief success in life lies on making herself as much as possible like man, in dress, voice, and actions, in sports and achievement of every kind. The world has experienced many tragedies, but to my mind, the greatest tragedy of all is the present economic condition wherein women strive against men and in many cases actually succeed in usurping their places in the professions and in industry. This growing tendency of women to overshadow the masculine is a sign of deteriorating civilization. Practically all the great achievements of man until now have been inspired by his love and devotion to woman. Man has aspired to great things because some woman believed in him, because he had wished to command her admiration and respect. For these reasons, he has fought for her and risked his life and his all for her time and time again. Perhaps the male in society is useless. I am frank to admit that I don't know. If women are beginning to feel this way about it, and there is striking evidence at hand that they do, then we are entering upon the cruelest period of the world's history. Our civilization will sink to a state like that which is found amongst the bees, ants, and other insects, a state wherein the male is ruthlessly killed off. In this matriarchal empire, which will be established, the female rules. As the female predominates, the males are at her mercy. The male is considered important only as a factor in the general scheme of the continuity of life. 
The tendency of women to push aside man, supplanting that old spirit of cooperation with him in all affairs of life is very disappointing to me. And that was from this uh, yeah interview with Texas paper in Galveston, actually, in uh, August 10th, 1924. So Tesla, you know, was a genius, but also very much a product of his time. You know, dude worshipped women for a while and then became easily intimidated by them when they wanted, you know, God forbid, to join the workforce. Uh, translation for his rant to me is, Women are confusing to me, and that makes me feel stupid. So, you know, fuck women. <laughs> like, even geniuses can be real dum-dums. Uh, now let's move it along to today's top five takeaways. Time suck. Top five takeaways. Number one, Nikola Tesla contributed mightily to the development of the alternating current electrical system that's widely used today and discovered the rotating magnetic field, the basis of most AC machinery. Number two, Tesla and Thomas Edison battled publicly over uh, what was the better power source, alternating current or direct current. Edison won the battle initially and made a great deal of money. Tesla won the battle in the long run, but died broke. Number three, next to Edison, Tesla's main scientific nemesis was Italian inventor uh, Guillermo Marconi, who's credited with inventing the radio. Even though after Tesla died, Tesla was given credit for inventing the radio first based on patents. Number four, Tesla did not invent a death ray, but hilarious and awesome that he claimed as much. And number five, new info. Did Tesla, as many conspiracy uh, uh, you know, uh, theorists uh, and places on the internet claim, create free energy? In a word, no. There is a belief in certain parts of the web that big businesses want to keep the truth of free energy away from the public because too many companies would go bankrupt if free energy was unleashed to the public and given to the public. It's the same rationale behind the argument of the, you know, or the thought that cancer has actually been cured, but big pharma is keeping that truth from the public because of the money they would lose. And look, I get that logic. I see that motive and I don't put that past people to do. However, that doesn't mean it is true. Tesla worked himself into bankruptcy trying to produce wireless energy based on Tesla coil principles. You know, it was the purpose of his Tesla tower. Did he think it was possible to create enough wireless energy to someday power the entire world, essentially for free? Yes. Did he figure out how to do that? No. And no one has since, although many have tried. Uh, the United States and Russia both had test facilities developed during the Cold War based on Tesla's wireless power theories where they tried to do that, but no one has been able to figure it out. It may not even be possible. Time suck. Top five takeaways. So there you go. Tesla is sucked. I uh, hope I made some of our science suckers happy with that one. Tesla led an incredibly unique and interesting life. Now it's happy to suck him. And based on what I now know about him, I think it's safe to say that, uh, you know, this is the first time he's ever sucked. Unless that pigeon lover had a bigger beak than I'm imagining. Uh, big thanks, as always, to the Time Suck team, the high priestess of the Suck Harmony Valley Camp, Jesse, guardian of grammar, Dobner, Reverend Dr. Joe Paisley, Time Suck high priest Alex Dugan, the Bit Elixir team, Danger Brain, Space Lizards, Merch Wizards, Access Apparel. Queen of the suck and boss of everything, Lindsay Cummins. Big thanks again to OG Bojangles, research assistant, and my sister, Donna Hale. What's her nickname? How about uh, how about Donna the Dumb Dumb Destroyer? Maybe the Dummy Destroyer. You know, she's a teacher. Out there putting education in the brains of uh, of, of children every 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 nearly every day. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Dumb Dumb Destroyer. I like that. Uh, at least for today. 
And so what's up next week? Next week, we suck Andrew motherfucking Jackson. Andrew Jackson, seventh president of the United States and also a goddamn savage. When a man named Charles Dickinson called Jackson a worthless scoundrel, a paltroon, and a coward in a local newspaper in 1806, the future president of the United States challenged his accuser to a duel. At the command, Dickinson fired. He fired first. He hit Jackson in the chest. The bullet missed Jackson's heart by barely more than an inch. In spite of a serious wound, Jackson stood his ground, didn't even fall down, raised his pistol, fired a shot that struck his foe dead, killed him. Jackson would carry around the bullet in his chest as well as another bullet from a future duel for the rest of his life. Historians estimate that Old Hickory may have participated in anywhere from five to a hundred duels. Jesus, so much to learn about that crazy bastard next week. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, right now, time to hear from you with today's Time Sucker Updates. Updates? Get your Time Sucker Updates. All right, a hilarious first update from Faith Woolsey who unintentionally uh, used one of the TimeSec app's new features to her detriment. Faith wrote in via the app saying, I've been listening on Spotify from Alaska and finally decided to download the TimeSec app. The first episode I decided to listen to is the Drunk as Fuck episode. Towards the end of the episode, you sounded way more shit-canned than I expected, uh, i.e. slow-talking slurred speech. I chalked it up to the obvious and carried on with life. Next episode I listened to is the same. Unbearably slow slurred speech and i'm like what the fuck is he just doing all his shows fucked up now i mean cool that's your thing and all but damn lucifina anywho i I decided to check out two more episodes to see if the trend continued sure as shit it did it then dawned on me that perhaps there was a lag or some technical term i'm not aware of that caused the app to slow down just enough to make you sound like consistently drunk as fuck If the Drunk as Fuck episode hadn't been the first episode I listened to on the app, I wouldn't have listened to three more fucking episodes at three-quarters speed. Thinking you were totes wasted, good times, hail Nimrod. <laughs> oh my God, Faith, thank you for sending in this message. Yeah, you can listen to the uh, the, bon- the episodes now at different speeds. It sounds like you were at actually half speed, because we don't have the three-quarters. It goes all the way down to half speed. And yes, I sound very, very drunk. I just, I love so much that you powered through three more episodes. I mean, my God, that had to take you about four hours each episode. You poor thing. I appreciate your dedication. I think I would have given up, would have smashed my phone or something. I'm glad that you are literally up to speed. Now, yes, you can set it to the, obviously the normal speed on the app, which uh, I would recommend for for long-term listening. Another speed, uh, uh, as far as variable speed and more related update comes in from Time Sucker and Space Lizard Jason King, who writes, Dear Great Sir, Dr. Reverend, Dr. Dan Cummins III, Last of the Mosuckins, I am currently writing this from Nimrod's Ballsack, as indeed I have finally joined the Secret Suck and have reached the final operating Thetan level of true freedom within the cult of the curious. All jest aside, I did want to leave an honest and heartfelt message about how the Suck has touched me in so many intimate ways. I would like to give a shout out to my fellow Space Lizard, C. Hughes92. For introducing me to your podcast just under three months ago. In that time, I have binged every damn episode and have to just say, wow. You, my friend, have created something truly spectacular and so powerful that even Jim Jones himself must smile down from heaven as he rhythmically converts dough and tea to his pelvic inclined faith. The fact that I can already say so much of these references today speaks volumes about the amount of knowledge you have decimated and your ability to do so in a professional yet side-splittingly funny way. 
Enough praise for your shamecock, though. <laughs> I want to share just a brief note on what Time Suck has meant to me. If you haven't guessed from my ostensibly chosen username, I'm in fact in medical school at Michigan State University, hoping to graduate soon and go into pediatric neurosurgery. Sorry, I didn't write the username in the notes. Uh, uh, with such a long career ahead, at times it is oh so easy to fall into ruts, both in school, friendships, my marriage, three years, exclamation point, and life in general. Yet this all changed when one of my longest known friends introduced me to your podcast. I shit you not, the very first episode was the Andre Chikatilo one. If I became after, um, uh, if if I became after just that episode, uh, I guess if you become part of the curious after just that episode, I am just as messed up as you are, or or you do one heck of a job as a podcaster. Either way, your podcast became the means by which an old friendship was rekindled, as well as my interest back into medicine and making a difference. Time and time again, your episodes showcase the need for humanity to open its mind a little bit and be curious. From your personal support of various causes, organizations, and movements to the incredibly uplifting stories of various time suckers out there making this flat ice wall, circumcised globe a better place, I knew that I'd found a home. So with a long-winded thank you for sucking me these past four months, I wanted to leave you with something I hope makes you smile just a little bit. While I assume this has been talked about before somewhere, with the Secret Suck chat room, social media, or other emails, regardless, you need to listen to your episodes on double speed every once in a while. Seriously, your Green River Killer or Golden State, I always mix them up, high-pitched small dick voice skits <laughs> on double speed <laughs> kill me every time. In fact, since I'm in med school and listen to everything on double speed, oh, wow, for time's sake, I didn't realize what you actually sounded like until I was halfway through the available episodes. Hopefully you get a chance to hear some of those skits. No, it is pretty ridiculous. Time, Triple M on double speed is great too. Uh, and also I would like to personally suggest Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde is a future suck topic. Yes. That would be a great, great suck. Uh, wouldn't be a complete email without adding a suggestion. Once again, thank you so much for the incredible body of work that you've put together so far. I hope my donation continues to fuel your desire to keep the suck strong. It does. Hail Nimrod and his gloriously intact hymen. <laughs> Damn Luzafina and her lascivious, 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 excuse me, Lady Lumps. Praise be to Bojangles and his worship-inspiring trans-millennial heroism. <laughs> and keep on stroking that limp shamecock master sucker. You'll get there someday, Dr. J. Man, thank you. Dr. J, what a wonderful message. I, I love hearing that these podcasts affect some of you in ways deeper than just, you know, some weekly laughs or some trivia. And don't get me wrong, that's okay too. I love that I can provide an escape from the harshness of life. But when I hear stuff like this, it feeds a cycle of inspiration. I inspire you, then you in turn truly inspire me, which allows me then to inspire others. It really is a, this reciprocal relationship. And if, if you've heard my stand up, it can be pretty negative. Right, I can get that's where I let out my angst, and it's because I just when I travel, I see so many people not seeming to care at all about other people in society, uh, just so selfish. Uh, they don't seem to pay attention to their kids in public. Even they don't pay attention to to anybody around them, especially you know like strangers. Obviously, they don't hold open doors or say thank you or say please or or let someone cross the street at the damn crosswalk. They loudly curse at a family restaurant when there's clearly kids around. They play ignorant, hateful music at full volume with the windows rolled down as they drive past a grade school or a park, right? As if everyone definitely wants to hear that. They talk on their speakerphone in the middle of a coffee shop, speaking louder than everyone else, you know, and not giving a shit how obnoxious they are. You, 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 you glare at them. They glare back at you twice as hard. I see people treat their servers rude at the restaurant. I had a Delta ticket counter employee profusely thanked me the other day for allowing an elderly confused woman to accidentally cut in front of me in line. This woman thanked me so much. Not the, not the woman who's confused, but the, but the counter agent thanked me so much uh, that I asked her, I'm like, well, was that weird? I mean, would most people really just what, just yell at that poor woman that it, that it wasn't her turn? 
Would they, excuse me, ma'am, uh, I was next. Would they really do that? I mean, she was shuffling, not even walking, at least 90 years old, and she's by herself, you know, trying to make it through her, her travel experience. And, uh, and this counteragent said that, yeah, most people would actually say something. Most people would actually, you know, uh, point out that it was their turn. It was next. She said she saw almost nothing but just rudeness from people. And it was just so refreshing to see that little thing. That fucking cost me nothing. What, I wait one more minute to go then wait at the gate? And that's a big deal now? How fucking sad is that? And I see all that and I want to just give up on the world. I want to just flush it down the toilet I want some apocalyptic event to just purge the earth of the foul people that infect it like a disease. And then I meet you guys. And then I get emails like that. And I'm reminded that so, so much good also exists. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the continual reminders that there is still a lot of beauty and kindness and curiosity and a yearn for learning and progress in the world and, and that's that it's also exhibited by people who don't mind a Chikatilo joke as well here and there. So who who would have guessed that? Not me, man. Not me. So I appreciate it. And, uh, and now one more. Another spider email from Time Sucker and Space Lizard. Uh, uh, Trisha Couture. We'll end on a little, little comedy. Uh, I love these. She, she, Trisha writes, Dan Cummins, you evil son of a bitch. I listen to you as I'm getting ready in the morning for work and getting out the door. Because I have to go and pack lunch and some other assorted mom shit for my child, a.k.a. <laughs> aka the white devil sometimes i hear your bullshit in pieces but never hear you claim you were just fucking around it took me until the secret sucked to realize that there are no roanoke spiders damn you learn my lesson i will now keep my ear pods in my listen holes instead of walking away from my phone i realized that the white devil freshman in high school was listening too when she kept saying bog bog blah bog bog blah boy bog bog damn you cummins well played Ah, I love you. Uh, I love that. That is awesome, Trisha. Thank you. I love Chicken Joe. Man, when's he coming back? Who knows now? We got a little cast of characters. Who, know, who knows when they feel inspired to, to pop back into an episode? I still crack up randomly uh, sometimes when I, when I think about people believing that the spiders would work together. That was my favorite part of that lie, that they would work together and that one spider would actually lift up your eyelid to allow another evil spider to crawl into your eyeball. Uh, and then like, I guess to let the, let the eyelid snap down so that, the, you know, so you had a hard time getting that spider back off your eye. That would just be like the most cartoonishly evil spider ever. Uh, thank you again, everybody for sending in your messages. Uh, sorry if yours didn't make it on the air or if you didn't get a response, you know, we try to respond as a team to all the messages, but sometimes I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, some fall through the cracks, never out of disrespect, never out of disregard. Appreciate you making time for us. Thank you all for making this community something to truly be proud of. Thanks, time suckers. I needed that. We all did. Well, that's all time suckers. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Talk to you spacers on Thursday. Uh, talk to the rest of you next week. Have a great week. Uh, don't devote your life to competing uh, with the nemesis to the point that you fall into financial ruin and end up talking crazy talk about death race. And most importantly, keep on sucking. <laughs> Spaghetti is delicious.